welcome to Grit Apocalypse episode 108. 107 or 108? Which one are we on? I don't know. 100, 100, 108. Let's say 108. We've been doing this for 108 years. It's We're on 108. Yeah, 108. 108. I told you it was 108. See, I knew it was fucking 108. So welcome to Crit Apocalypse episode 108. Once again, flawlessly saying the name of our podcast as we enter into the episode. What do we do here, Ant? We review some stuff, don't we? You're not going to answer the question. It's fine. We review some stuff. It can be anything that we've it's done over Q&A. the course of... Fuck you. It's anything that we've done over the course of two weeks. It's high energy, high excitement, fun. It's fun for the whole family. We swear a lot. We insinuate that the is American wacky, president is a pedophile. It's crazy. It's outrageous. It's, it's fun house. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Yeah. There's prizes to be won. Great. Yeah. That That's what it's... Uh, okay. So, and... Is there anything you've been up to this week? Uh, anything outside of the remit of the usual podcast reviews? Anything that you've been excited about? Uh, uh, anything you've been up to? Can you stop burping? No. It was you that was burping. I don't know why you're blaming me for it. It wasn't me. It was you. Well, they're going to know because it's going to come out the right sound channel. Fuck you, Ant. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. So, Ant, anything you've been up to outside of the usual remit? Stuff that we do that you've been excited about is uh, Avengers is coming up. It's only a few days now. Four days. Four days. Four. Yeah. Uh, four days until the until Avengers Endgame is out. Are you excited about Avengers Endgame? Nah, I can't be asked. Really? Yeah, no one's going to see it. You've not booked a ticket or anything, have you? No one likes Captain Marvel, so you no, know it's going to yeah. fail. SJW cucks don't know what they're, what they're yeah. talking about. You see, there was an interview with her and she said a joke. What did she say? Just, just ribbing Chris Hemsworth, and now apparently she hates him, and he hates her, and all this, and doesn't. That's absolutely the opposite because they get paid a lot of money. I, yeah. You know, let's face it, Candy, Candy. It's Sons. weird how like all the other guys can rib each other and make fun of each other, yeah, but they, if her and Chris Hemsworth do it, uh, well, it's because they hate her. Isn't there literally an interview in which in which um, who plays Captain? Who plays uh, Falcon? Shit. And I can't even remember the name of the guy who plays Spider-Man. Basically, Spider-Man and Falcon have a rivalry yeah. in which Falcon refuses to do an interview where, where Spider-Man's present. I can't remember the names of the people that play them. Um, they refuse to do interviews when they're with each other. And they carry on the joke outside of it. Like, Spider-Man's like, I don't know what his beef is. I really like him. And then <laughs> Captain Falcon's continue to be like, he's a prick. I hate him. I don't like him. Yeah. He's all around like a prima donna and shit like that. But apparently the joke is that Falcon's been doing it to every new member of the cast. So when, like, people join that are new... Like when Winter Soldier came in, there was an interview where he was like, that Winter Soldier bitch is coming in pretending he's like one of the team and all this other shit. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. I like that stuff. I especially like the fact that Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans seem to actually be friends because they are the heroes we need in this world of awful awfulness. Well, you got to be friends with Robert Downey Jr. in case you ever need to borrow some money. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ, that guy's mentioned. Do you know how much Chris Chris Evans got paid for the first Captain America? Not much. It was like 350000 Probably wasn't even that. No, it was. That was that was the amount he was paid for the first Avenger. It was three hundred fifty thousand. But that he signed a contract to be in multiple films with a negotiable rate, hmm. which is how you do it. So when I get my Captain Britain invite, gotta lose a bit of weight, gain, yeah. a, gain a bit of muscle, hmm. yeah, and then I can hold two helicopters. I think they might just get a, together. A well, who else is going to play? Who well, in Cap- Britain? Captain Britain. Who's going to play Captain Britain? I get an American movie? to play him. Fuck, you got me there. Yeah. <laughs> We've stolen all their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, in in my life, I've adopted a baby squirrel. That's illegal. And you're so angry about it. It's illegal. It's quite illegal. Yeah, his name's Pingu, which is also trademarked, so that might be illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't like it. You're unhappy with it. 
Well, you know, you shouldn't have squirrels in the house. Was it's not in the house now? No, it was here for a day. It didn't affect you, did it? You're fine with it. Weren't I got you? squirrel aids. Shouldn't have had sex with a squirrel. <laughs> All right, but yeah, no, dubbed as a squirrel. It's been pretty interesting. It's been a learning curve. Nothing like a domesticated animal because. There's nothing online to tell you what to do when stuff goes wrong. Yeah. And there's there's also there's no information online beyond take him to a rescue, but obviously that's not happening anymore. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to they're counted as an invasive species, even though I'm seeing less squirrels. I see loads of squirrels. They follow me everywhere. <laughs> Again, because you had sex with them and integrated into their society and now there are a bunch of half squirrel, half people hybrids out there. Which is, you know, I think that's probably the continuity they're going to go with uh, with Squirrel Girl when it comes to the... Why is it judgmental? <laughs> I'm not judging you. I like what you're doing. I like what you've done to the place. I like the fact that they've got, like, nests big enough for people now. That's great. I'm just a bit worried about, you know, the children that are literally half Squirrel, half human. They can't keep one side up. They don't have the strength. Hmm. What are we going to do with them? It's one side's tiny. Yeah, the other side is a human baby. Hmm. It would look like a Sabutio player. <laughs> You've got one half. It's like a big round surface. The other half is this tiny. Anyway, Anne, it's your review first this week. Go ahead. Fucking. I hope we don't have international listeners because I don't know what the fuck Sabutio is. Sabutio is popular all over the world. No, it's fucking not. It's not even popular in England. See, as. Sabutio was a huge thing. Really? Jesus Christ, even I had a Sabutio set. Did you? Yeah. I didn't. I had the Sabutio 1994 World Cup set. Really? Which yeah, country? And a couple of other teams. Well, it was the World Cup one, so it was America and, like, I think they put Britain in there as well, because, like, you know, British thing. But I had, um, I had other teams as well and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Sabutio's fun. Sabutio's a very big deal. <laughs> Did you have the magnetic set where you click down on the player? That's not Sabutio. That's a different thing entirely. You fucking idiot. All right, fine. Jesus, Jesus Christ, I realise you're a fucking Sabutio purist. All right, get more review there. Jesus. Jump on it. Come on, lad. Come on, lad. Well, what should I review first? I don't know. What do you want to review? Uh, you saw Hellboy this month. No, I didn't. I didn't see Hellboy. Can't be asked. Heck, boy. Um, I can't really see Hellboy. It costs money. All right. Yeah. Anyway, um, should get Power Rangers out of the way. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Power Rangers, superb samurai, super samurai. That's that's I've watched that series now. Yeah, yeah. That's the second series of Samurai because we're that's in the, the second series of Samurai because yeah, the, the first series was where there's two series per team. Yeah, and stuff. Um, right. Main problems with the previous series was that none of the cast could act in the slightest, except for maybe Antonio, the Silk Gold Ranger. He was all right, a bit entertaining at least. Um, it seems like they've sent them on acting lessons between seasons. No, which I imagine. They do that. I imagine they would have filmed them really close together, but they must have done something because they they seem to have a little bit of character. They're still not good, um, and you know the second series is like it's weird because the first series being the first half of the Japanese show, there's like there's not much escalation going on during the series. It's all mm. pretty simple. The second series is all escalation and all that, and it feels like the back end of a series. Yeah. Um, but there is a couple of episodes where clearly they had taken episodes the Gold Ranger weren't it wasn't in. And moved it into the second series at some point, so they could have more episodes with the Gold Ranger in the first series. So there's a bunch of episodes where the Gold Ranger's just like, "Yeah, I'm going fishing later, guys," and then he has a thing where he's just fishing and nothing happens with him, so they don't have to use him for the <laughs> so episode. So he just went fucking fishing. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, 
Bulk and Spike have a bit more to do in the episodes. More times where they interact with the Rangers and stuff. I wish they didn't. But not much. But, you know, they're there. It's fine. You I know. hate them. You can't hate everyone. Why do you hate I fat can, people? I can. I don't hate fat people. I hate Bulk and Skull. Bulk? Skull's not in it. I hate Bulk. Yeah. And I hate Skull. Spike's the other one. I hate fucking Spike so much. Oh, dear. But, um, yeah, this is a series that's got the, um, the murderer in it the second time he's in it. <gasps> samurai Man with the Samurai yeah, Sword. Ricardo his... Rendina Jr. Yeah, he fucking went nuts, didn't he? Yeah, yeah former Red Ranger. And then he's the vill- <clears throat> one of the villains in this series. Ironic. Um, but, yeah, this one... Um, he's a villain in life. Mm, straight after they filmed this. Really? How, yeah. how long after? Like, literally, like, next year. Right? <laughs> just went so, out and went, I'm murdering. Yeah, he just murdered his roommate. Did he do any ninja moves, do you think, as he murdered his... No, I don't think he was that skilled. No. no, you don't think he was like an actual ninja? No, no, he wasn't. He, he didn't do a flip kick. He wasn't really a ninja. I know. I'll do a spin. That's a good move. That's that's a Jedi trick. Thing. It's not a Jedi trick. That's it an is. everyone trick. Hey, it's look, midichlorians, They exist within all matter in the world. No, no, no. No, midichlorians aren't a thing. Midichlorians are a thing. You have to have a high midichlorian account, or you can't buy stuff you want. <laughs> These galactic credits in Star Wars, you fucking idiot. Anyway, so Star Wars. All the shit goes down in this series. It's a war in the There's Star more bad guys. There's the token bad guy who's secretly trying to betray the boss for his own evil means, and he gets beaten. Any stereotypes? Carries on things. This There's always stereotypes. Yeah, but come on, give us give us the highlights. I mean, they've still got the white guy called Chiba. Um, it's still very much just the Japanese show. They've redubbed. They've like rewritten the script. Like just copied the script over. Yeah, and had a bunch of. Americans say the lines. Um, it looks identical. They even had an opportunity. There's a like, there's a thing that runs from the first series through, where Jaden's got a secret and no one can know it, and the villain's like, ah, you've got a secret. You when you you're not going to tell him, or should I tell them? And he's like, no, it's my secret, and all this sort of stuff. But it turns out that the secret is that he has a secret sister, and the sister's actually the one who can do the spell that's going to seal the villains away. And she's basically been separated for years to learn how to do this spell so that the villains don't know about her so that she can come back, do the spell, they won't be prepared. You know, like a bait and switch type thing. Yeah. But there's multiple times where the villains say, oh, we know you've got a secret and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, so you know about her. You know that secret as well. And when she turns up, Jaden's like, well, I can't be around here anymore. There can only be one Red Ranger. There's been two Red Rangers in Time Force. You can have two Red Rangers. There's two Red Rangers in Q-Ranger in Japan. It's fine. And he just wanders off. And he can still morph and everything. So it's not like he had to give her his morphing stuff. She just takes over. But they could have made a Japanese. And could have made out Jaden was um, adopted or something. Yeah. So then you can excuse that surname. The Japanese surname of Shiba. And him being white as the driven snow. But they actually get <laughs> someone who's whiter than him. As his sister. Why not? Mm. And she's only in it for like four episodes. And it kind of feels like a bit of a waste. Like, she should have been in there longer given more of time for her to be the leader of the Rangers for a bit and all this sort of stuff. But it's just like it's just like a four-episode thing for the end of the series and then forgotten about instantly. She doesn't really get an episode where she's just being a Power Ranger, even. Um, I'm pretty sure in the Japanese show, that when that happens in the Japanese show, she's around for a lot longer. Um, in the Japanese show, whenever they bring back the Samurai Rangers, the Red Ranger's always the girl one because the guy who was the Red Ranger, the main one, um, became really famous. So they can't afford him anymore. <laughs> so they have to get the girl one instead. Um, yeah, apparently he's like super popular now. Yeah. Probably in a bunch of dramas. Why not? It's Japan yeah. Asia. It's probably in loads of those swimming 
dramas or whatever. They love swimming in Japan. Really? Yeah, swimming anime, Wasn't swimming dramas. Wasn't Swimfan famously remade in Japan? Possibly, I don't know. Swimfan's not about swimming, is it? I don't know. I don't know, Swimfan's a thing. But um, there's an anime, isn't there? Like, you know, it's like Yuri on Ice and all that sort of stuff. They love that stuff. They love they love sports. But yeah, um, Super Samurai, though. it It's not as bad as the first series was... There's a bit more going on. The actors are at least somewhat tolerable for the most part during this series, which is good if you want them. If you want them to stick around and be key yeah. players in a whole series, they get more power ups. There's a special. Yeah, you have to watch separately from the series because it's not one of the episodes. Of the series it's like a 45 minute special movie, which is what they do with the Japanese shows. Is it really? They do occasional movies every now and again that just they slot in somewhere in the series. Yeah, but um, it's one where um, the RPM Ranger turns up and the Red Ranger. And they have a clash, and then they fight and save the day. Oh. But um, he's voiced by Ekadarville, but he never actually demorphs. He says, "Ah, oh, the air here is different to what it is on my dimension, so I can't breathe it." And it's also because they um, didn't want to be paying Ekadarville too much, so he has to do he has to do the acting outside of his union. So, yeah, basically do it with the phone. Yeah, like, he's like, not credited. Like, we want to have a conversation. I've sent yeah. you some words. Just say them, um, and then yeah. I'll, you know, it's code because he's not credited under his name. He's like got some <laughs> pseudonym there instead. Um, yeah, because he said literally, yeah, they couldn't afford him. So. But he enjoyed doing Power Rangers, so he's like, yeah, I'll do it, but I can't let the script of Actors Guild know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a little special they did. That was all right. He got a shark sword thing. Huh. And a new good. costume, which is basically like the old one, but blue bits on it. Um, but yeah, and he drove around in a Ferrari in a car for a bit, a sports car. Mm. Like, like everyone else had horses, and the RPM Rangers in his sports car with the Samurai Ranger on the top. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad. It could be a lot worse. It's not one of the... It's, well, it's not the bottom tier of Power Rangers, but it's not as bad as the last series was. And it's not turbo bad. It's not, you know, turbo's yeah. still a pretty good low point in the series. Well, the film had, like, some pretty good sets and stuff. The film has amazing special effects for, like, that sort of... Yeah. That sort of combination. So using models and stuff for that budget. But, um, yeah, Samurai's just like... Yeah. You can just tell that it's a Jap- they've just Google translated a Japanese show at some point. But yeah, what else are they meant to fucking do? They're not imaginative, are they? And they can't be too imaginative because they won't fit. They've always messed around with it. I know, but not so much as like to no, create they- whole... Time Force was straight up an adaptation of the Japanese show. Yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Mira Sentai Time Range or whatever it was. Um, but loads of the other series are completely different. Like They have no similarities at all. Like RPM, the Japanese show, that is like completely different. I mean, RPM's post-apocalyptic and stuff. And RPM's like, the Go Onja, the Japanese show, is like a super goofy cartoony one where there's like some, ro- another dimension where robots exist and a bunch of <laughs> robot cars travel to our dimension looking for heroes to help them fight the monsters. And it's like completely different to the post-apocalypse virus takes over the world and kills almost everyone, which we got. So hey, maybe it brought us Rose McIver though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That lovely Rose McIver. She's I Zombie season five star, so it's gonna be cancelled a bit. Well it's the last season. Ah, good. Deserves it. it. Well the comic only ran for what? The comic didn't run that long. And it kind of I'm glad they didn't follow the comic bit by bit because the comic was fun. It was like an Archie style oh sorry, interrupt your review. Oh, Do you want to finish up your review? What? Do you want to finish up your review? What's that review? You're reviewing Power Rangers. Super Samurai? Yeah. It's alright. Yeah? It's not good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sorry, I Zombie. So mm. yeah, the comic, the comic's interesting because because it is like an Archie Jughead style style thing. It's all drawn like that as well. So it's drawn very 
very fifties pop artish. Hmm. Um, and the story is that she gets bitten by bitten by a zombie. She has to keep herself human by eating brains. It sort of stops her from going full zombie and being all rage and rotty and horrible. Um, but it turns out that it's all to do with ancient ancient Egyptian gods and there's were terriers and and things fucking like Egyptian that. gods, man. Yeah. And it goes in a completely Fucking different direction. Catwoman's. <laughs> it goes in a completely different direction from the from the TV show, which is quite cleverly a procedural. Hmm. So it's the idea is that she helps to solve murders by eating a small amount of brain because she can recollect things of the person. Sorry, the person can't experience. eat memories. Well, you can eat brain matter and I don't know. But anyway, yeah, um, this it's like Millennium when Lance Henriksen would like touch a crime scene. Yeah, and he'd see what happened. Yeah, it's yeah. very similar, and it's just it's just another one of those things. But there is a there like unlike Millennium where it was meant to be the end of the world and it never happened. It was linked. They to did. X-Files. They had a a virus wiped out uh, two thirds of the population of the Earth in really? Millennium. Yeah, it suddenly is not part of the X Files continuity at oh, that right. point. Yeah, the last series I... of Millennium was weird. Yeah. Um, it sounds it. I only ever watched the stuff they showed on ITV here. They showed it all, but the last series was like at three in the morning. Oh, right. Yeah, that's probably why then. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, Eyes on with the comic, completely different from the TV show, but still very, very good. I think the TV show did a smart move where it went more towards a detective style show and then had overarching plots and ideas. Um, and the characters are really good. Everyone's likable. And I actually, I think iZombie has, has a lot to it and I think it's a good program. It's a bit like Supernatural if Supernatural knew when to get out when the game's good. Doesn't Do Supernatural, like Supernatural get better after like halfway through when they, no, like, when they finish the Supernatural, arc? Supernatural, Supernatural series one, two, three, four, five, all of the like the first initial few seasons are actually really good. Um, there are highlights where like Satan comes into it and the villain becomes very prominent and very interesting, but it always kept, it always maintained. Supernatural was weird because it always sort of maintained. Hmm. There were seasons here and there where you get like majority bad episodes, but the actual plot that carried through the season was still good, and you still had those charismatic villains. You still had a good ending. It's a really weird program, but the problem is that you had like season five was Satan and things like that, and it it was really really good TV. It was like must watch for a little while, but then it just sort of you know people sort of dropped out, and I think that's just the length of it because it's fifteen seasons now. It's too much. And it's, it's ending on the season that's coming out next year, but that's still 15 seasons. There's a lot of content. Well, I mean, you, you've got to remember it's that... It's got time to watch that bollocks. Yeah, you've got to have like a point where someone can go, oh, I'm going to catch up on what I've missed out. Oh, it's been four years. I've missed seven seasons. <laughs> I can never catch you know, up. That's probably more runtime than all the Power Rangers that I've been watching. No. <laughs> 45 there is minutes a, per like, episode. With Supernatural 20-someone episodes per With Supernatural and iZombie. Yeah. With Supernatural and iZombie, there are standout episodes of, like... Supernatural, they had a crossover episode with fucking Scooby-Doo. Yeah. They had a completely separate anime series that had two seasons. Oh, it was actually really good. But, um, but yeah, anyway, that's besides the point. That's not my review. My first review this sake. <laughs> my first review uh, this month. I, I caught up on some comic reading because I had some time. It's Easter, so I've had a chance to catch up on some stuff. And one of the things I've always wanted to read but never had the chance was Nailbiter. Have you ever heard of Nailbiter? No, some shit. It's it's really really interesting. So only bites their nails. Basically, there is a serial killer named the Nailbiter who kills people and then chews their fingernails, but like. He like chews, I don't chew other people's fingers. He chews them in a way so he like drives his teeth underneath and pulls the whole nail up and then pulls it out. But anyway, so this guy he um he he comes from a place called Buckaroo. That's gonna leave a lot of DNA. It is. He comes from a place called Buckaroo and he manages to get off for a through a technicality. Something happens that causes him to to get free and he returns home. 
As he returns home, a person named Carol is investigating why Buckaroo has a high rate of serial killers, because it turns out that a lot of the people that become prolific killers in America have all come from Buckaroo. Um, at the same time that, uh, that Carol's investigating, he's meeting with um, Warren, who is the nail-biter killer, uh, to find out why he thinks, because he's lived in the town his whole life, he's experienced everything, and he's he might have clues as to what's happened, mm. why it's happened. Because he's a serial killer. Because he's a serial killer, because he's gone through that. Um, and uh, and at the same time, Finch, an FBI agent who is who is a friend of Carol's, is driving towards town, the town of Buckaroo, to come meet him. Panelling, reading out every panel. No, this is literally this is just the first ru- like the first run. I'm not going to spoil it past that because I think that 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 just sets everything up, and that's trying kind of what I'm trying to do because it's it's hard to give an impression if you just said it's a program. Of, if it sorry, if you just said it's a series of comics about a town where a lot of serial killers come from, and there is a secret to it. It doesn't really give you a compelling... That's not compelling, though. The whole point of it is... We'd have to say about every action that the characters do. No, 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 I don't. But I need to say who these characters are, who the cast are, and why it works, or at least why, in my opinion, it works. Um, So you have Warren, and you have Finch, and you have Carol. Carol goes missing, so Warren and Finch meet to try and work it out. Finch is aware of Warren because he's a prolific killer, um, and he wants to find out more. Meanwhile, the sheriff is struggling to keep everyone in control because there are... New murderers appearing. There are new killings happening quite frequently, and there is an o- the the question throughout the series is why if the FBI who's are, making the killers who's making the killers is key. Wait, uh, someone's actually making serial yeah. Someone killers. is actually there is something to do with the town and serial killers that you know someone is. Is there a repulsor going? Hey, Finster, no. where's my no, no, monster no. this week? They aren't that. They aren't that regular. You don't have one per week. It's one. Mm. It's one per run, and most of the time when they catch a serial killer, they grow. <laughs> Most of the time, the one per run, it isn't they catch the serial killer, they find out new facts about Buckaroo, and that leads them towards more clues. But um, Finch and Warren especially are two really compelling characters. Oddly enough, it's not a comic written by Brian Michael Bendis, but at one point, Brian Michael Bendis has, a, has an issue where he's in it as a character, <laughs> and he gets scared off by Warren because he's a big pussy. Um, and then you've got other stuff within it. And it... You've got, there's also, there's, um, for anyone who's a fan of, um, Hack and Slash, there's an episode where there's a comment, an issue where Hack and Slash are a prominent character. Um, Vlad and Cassie, Cassie Slash, I think her name is, or whatever, Cassie Hack. Um, and they're, they're like key players in it, and it actually leads to further develop, developments down the way. So they're, it's set in that same universe, but not to the same degree, because. What, what universe? It's the hack and slash of us. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Which Freddy, Jason, Chucky, and uh, Michael Myers are all in. No, that's it's just nonsense. But anyway, so so back to back to nail biter. Um, and so yeah, so that's the whole thing. There's like this big mystery, and it's, it's like saying friggin' what was it? What's that friggin' murder show? That's tied to Law and Order. Oh, and then know. fucking Sons of Anarchy and the Wire. Do I, do I look like a middle aged woman with enough free time to watch Law and fucking Jag? Order? All these Jag. shows are connected. They're all connected. I didn't realise. There's that one actor who, like, he's in Homicide, and then his character yeah, is in Law and Order or whatever. Great. great. Who is it? Yeah, one of the actors. I don't know. He's got a long face. Oh, good. Great Ted hair. Danson? He's been in it for years, and he was in the X-Files in one episode. Ted Danson? So the X-Files is technically part of the Ted universe. Danson? No, not Ted Danson. James Woods? No. Can't remember his name. But, yeah, he was in an episode of the X-Files as the same character he is in Homicide, and then, so that ties into that universe, but he's also played the character on The Simpsons, and basically his character connects together like 15 TV shows. Cool. Uh, so Nailbiter is fantastic. It has six volumes. I have no idea who you're talking about. I wish I could contribute. Because it also ties into The Wire, because the Homicide, <laughs> the Homicide is based on a book by the guy who wrote The Wire, and they're both set in the same universe. Yeah. 
in the same thing. So the wire and homicide are connected, but the wire is also like related to Sons of Anarchy. Like there's a biker gang in the wire or something, and they're related to the Sons of Anarchy. So Sons of Anarchy is tied to it. All these connected universes, man. You keep going, oh, hack and slash stuff. Like, monsters. I want realistic crime procedural drama universe. So anyway, nail How's it tied to Midsummer Murders? Nailbiter is a really good series. It's six volumes that you can pick up relatively cheaply now. Um, they are on Comixology as well, I believe, as a collected, collected thing. Um, yeah, it's really good. I can't recommend it enough. If you aren't a fan of serial killer-y sort of comic books, then um, I think the characters sell it more than the premise. A lot of the characters are very interesting. There's stuff you find out along the way, and it does. It feels like there's something that develops, like the characters develop as well, which is nice. Mm. I tend to find they don't really put a lot of personality into comic books. Like you've got Tony the Stark will be Tony Tony in the Stark Tony, Tony, the, Tony, Tony in the Stark Tony Stark will, will be an alcoholic like six issue run. He'll struggle with it for the six issues after that, and then a new writer will come on board and he'll be fine again. <laughs> Um, he'll wish it away. He'll <laughs> wish it away. Or the cosmic like cube Spider-Man will make him did a Nazi. His wife. Oh yeah, yeah. D- take take your vows or whatever it was. It was um some shitty guy. Yeah. Fucking terrible idea. It was really bad. Uh, but Nailbiter, it's it's really really good. It was bad. Um, like Xavier fucked a bird woman. Yeah. <laughs> or when uh, Janeway became a mutant lizard and fucked the the salamander. She doesn't become <laughs> Tom Paris becomes a salamander first. Yeah, and then he fucks her. Yeah, they make new life. Um, so yeah, so uh, Nailbiter, it's, it's pretty great, it's pretty great, I'd, uh, I'd give it a Dame Judy Dench. So I thought you were say Dame Bowers. It's a high caliber, high caliber series. And your next give it a Dane Cook. Dane Cook from <laughs> Must Love Chuck. Wasn't he Good also in... Chuck. Wasn't he in that... American Gods? Film that has the monk, the, the secret monks... Um, ninjas or whatever they are. Bulletproof Monk? No, not Bulletproof no, Sean, Monk. Sean William Scott would challenge Is Simon that. Says? Simon Says? It might have been Simon yes, he's Says. Yes, Simon Says. Yeah. Yes, he's in Simon Says. Yeah, and there's all the monks Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yes, he's a monk. He's yeah. the tech guy. He's yeah, also the, te- in, the techno got monks. He's That's also it, in hackers. Double Team. Yeah, Double Team. Yeah, he's classic. in Double yeah. Team and he's in Simon Says, the sequel <laughs> to Double Team starring Dennis Rodman. It's not a sequel. It is a sequel. No. Yes, it's a sequel. It is a sequel. No. How did you not know that Simon Says is a sequel to Double Team? Double Team, one of the greatest movies of all time, which includes a bathtub workout scene. God, I fucking love Double Team. And then you've got Simon Says. It's not as good as Undercover Brother. Do you know why Double Team was made? So the, Money. The script for Rush Hour had, was out for quite a while yeah. before it was made. And one, one group missed out on bidding for it and heard it was being put into production. So they had to come up with their own version. So yeah. instead of Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, they got Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Oh, dear. And you basically go from Jackie Chan, who can Wasn't speak Wasn't Tracy English. Jordan going to play Jackie Chan originally? No? Don't you remember? Was he really? Yeah, he says in, in that show he's in where oh, he yeah. goes... I was going to be in Rush Hour. Was that when I was in Rush Hour and after one week of shooting they replaced me with Jackie Chan? <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, Jackie Chan <laughs> fucking that line's amazing uh, I actually really like the Rush Hour movies <laughs> they're not great but like- <laughs> my favourite thing was when Chris Tucker was complaining about not getting paid enough for it and they were interviewed Jackie, C- Jackie Chan and he's just like I think Chris Tucker overestimates how much he's worth <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Jesus fucking, who's knocking the mic it was you why are you knocking right, the mic it's your review anyway oh the mic moves like four inches hold on oh uh, Oh, that's fine. Right. 
Um, let's do something quick because I haven't played much of it. Um, Disguise One Complete. Oh, Some cool. twat threw that at me the other Some day. Some nice and guy said, bought you that game. Play it. What nice guy bought you that game? Um, it's Disguise. Yeah, great. Yeah, they've basically remade Disguise, and what they've done is they've like. It's it's not like because they released it on PC a few years ago and they were like oh we've HD textured the grounds and scenery and stuff but all the sprites were still the PS2 sprites, um, but it wasn't a very good port. The PC version that came out ages ago is like buggy as all hell and it it crashes and messes up and all sorts. Like a fan had to make a mod to fix it and that even even then that's still not perfect. Um, this one is like a proper effort to do a proper version of it in HD. So all the sprites have been redrawn in the art style that matches up with Disgaea Four and Five. And stuff. It does mean that a lot of character sprites are just basically reusing the sprites from those games. But they're not all new sprites um, and stuff. Um, and it does mean that some of the characters, like like Lahal, has a look that's more in keeping with how he looks in the newer games and how he looked in the original game. Was Lahal the main character? Yeah, yeah, the one who's voiced yeah, by Barbara Goodson, who sorry. also voiced Rita Repulsar in Power oh, Rangers yeah, and Ash back. Ketchum. In Pokemon, so coming back to fucking Power Rangers. You always thought everything's linked to Power Rangers. Barbara Goodson's everywhere, man. Seven degrees of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, Disguise Five is the only one I've played complete. Disguise Five complete. Which is, yeah, uh, the Switch version. Yeah, 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 that's the one I've played, which is good. It's very. Um, I think that it's a series that doesn't really sell itself to a wide audience. I think it's a weird one because I always thought what if you weren't pansies and you I just always, fucking played it. I always thought that it was like an RPG with a giant map and you go around and you do stuff. No, like that. that's a strategy game, but it's not. Yeah, it's more akin to Advanced Wars. It's a spreadsheet management game with some strategy elements. Involved. Yeah. So despite all the interesting sprites and there is a story, you can completely ignore all of that shit. Hmm. And just play a strategy game. This guy won. You couldn't skip cutscenes until you'd finished the game. What the fuck is that about? I, yeah. th- 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 this goes back. Yeah, but in this one, they've added the skip function. There's only a couple Thank of fuck. there's only a couple of like quality of life things they've added. So that's one yeah. of them is that you can skip cutscenes right from the start. Okay. Um, there's also a fast forward button. So if you do start the cutscene, you can just hold that button down and skip oh, through okay. the thing. Okay. Um, the only other quality of life things they've added is they've um, put in an auto save feature if I've turned off because I'm. I'm really used to manually saving on Disgaea all the time. That makes sense. So, whatever. Can, if you have the um, auto save on, can you not do the save function as normal? Yeah, you can still do it as normal. Oh, okay. But the thing is, when you exit a level, if something's gone horribly wrong... Then you can't... Okay. Yeah, you might want to... You might have messed up some second thing. So, yeah, it'll automatically save it. Um, I get that. That's and the only fine. other thing they've done is they've done something that wasn't in the original game, but was in Disgaea 2, which was make it so that when the healers use their healing magic, it gives them XP. Because that was a massive problem in the first game, is that healers, you couldn't really do any damage with a staff, which was the weapon they're best with, and their healing wouldn't give them any XP, so it was really hard to level up healers. You usually had to drag them into combos and stuff like that, so you had to make them stand next to your character when they attack, and try and get them involved in combos, or do what I did and give all the healers guns. So their healing's not quite as good, but they can shoot stuff a lot, which came in a lot handy, but because this one's got healing with XP... Sorted. You can magic them. Um, I've been naming my characters after the Carmen Riders and Super Sentai characters, so that's my naming theme for this one. I reloaded my original Disguise save a while back, and my characters were all named after Dragon Ball Z characters. <laughs> my healer was called Bulma. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Cool. Did you call your team Capsule Corp? No. no, no I missed out on a trick there, didn't you? But, um, yeah, I need, I need to play more of it. It is very much like it's just the original game just done. They haven't... They haven't made all the changes that have happened to item worlds and things like that since. So it's all like, it's widescreen HD stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not like they've 
basically taken the everything they did in Disgaea Five and made a version of Disgaea One out of it. No, they've literally just made Disgaea One. Like you can't even jump in the base. Like was a thing from the second game onwards. But would that? Well, I mean, jumping the base. Yeah, that's like that's like a very small change. But would yeah. it work to transfer the entire game to Disgaea Five? You can totally see it as being done as a completely redone version. Disgaea Five is like incredibly like it's really broad but you can narrow it down to whatever you care about yeah yeah and focus I, on that because like me as a me as a player i'm i'm not the kind of person who goes into a game and goes oh god if i get that armor set then i'm gonna have a plus 12 damage boost to spears or some shit like that mm. i'm always a person who goes stats based and then weapon stats based and then if there's a boost yeah, you have to level your weapons up yeah you have to level <laughs> your weapons up but but like, and the then you can of, take the the little characters that are in the weapons, and they have their own stats, and you can combine them with other ones to boost them. I know, up, no, I know, no, I know, I know there is the that way. stuff. But I'm I'm never the person who gets into the minutiae of everything. I'm always yeah. like, in like Dark Souls, I love the Dark Souls series, but I am I am the asshole player who goes, all right, I've got twelve points in. I've in got strength. the axe I like. I'm using. I've that. got no, no. I've got twelve points in strength. I'm going to put another fifteen in strength. Fuck it. I'm going to carry the biggest axe. I'm going to have very well, little Dark dexterity. Dark Souls works. You can just build up in any direction. And yeah, and it's you just, feasible. You make it work. But yeah. with, I mean, with you this... can be a mage in Dark Souls if you can keep out of damage. And yeah, just yeah. I, one of my old go-tos, and one of the things, because I've been playing Dark Souls on Switch again, one of my go-to starting sets is always the Pyromancer. Because hmm. you have a sword if you want to go completely weapons-based. But you've always got that handy single-fire spell. Yeah, that you you know it refreshes every time you go to a you go to a fire, and it's always handy to have as a backup. And it you know it's a good starting class. I think it's probably the most recommended starting class is ne- is is pyromancer. You can always start as a, like people go for the. I think I always went with just swords or axes whenever I play, and then I get yeah. bored. I tried playing the surge recently. I couldn't get into it Could too much. Oh. Surge is all right, but like I don't half lose my way in that game really easily. Yeah, yeah. The levels aren't designed as well as they need to be, and also the surge in Dark Souls. You walk around a corner, and even though you're in another part of a castle, it looks really distinct. Yeah. But in this, you keep walking into warehouses, and they all look the same and stuff. One of the things that I find with the surge, as opposed to Dark Souls, is Dark Souls. If I see something in the distance, I'm hmm. like, I'm going to go there eventually. Yeah. Eventually, the game will take me there. In the surge, if I see something, I'm like, oh. Maybe I'll go to that giant trash compactor that, that's off in the distance with um, the big yeah, crinkles. And you, you find another better. trash compactor. Yeah. Um, one of the, the things, like in comparing those two series, obviously the Surge is very, very influenced by Dark Souls. One of the things it does better, and there is very there are very few things, one of the things it does better is it sets up the world a lot better. Oh yeah, it's got an interesting like start to it. Yeah, really everything. interesting start. Just it. I did wander around a corner and walk straight into a giant robot though, and I was like, you know what? Turn around, out of oh, it. Oh, the spinning one. Yeah, some of the that. tracks. Really early on, there's like yeah. a bad part. Anyway, basically the first level, I think you make an S shape and you end up in a big, you end up in a warehouse with like mm. a massive monster. It's a fucking nightmare. Mm. The game is not leveled well. But yeah. Um, I completed the surge and it wasn't worth it. Anyway, yeah, yeah but your review's Disco one, sorry. Um, um, but yes, it's the first game. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it, I remember when the first game came out, there was like loads of reviews that said, oh, there's possibly too much going on in this game. It's it's a bit overwhelming and all this sort of stuff. And, I'm, and nowadays, it's like you get Disco 5 and you're just like, Disco 1 is quaint compared to Disco 5. Because, <laughs> you know, you can't send people off of missions on the first game and you can't like level up. Like everything in the game, you can level up items and stuff. You can't jump into the individual characters and then level up stuff inside the characters' spirits. And it's just you don't have to manage your base and all this sort of stuff. Like you don't have to make curry, like can in Disco no. Five. The curry making is legit, very important to the game. 
No, it's no. not. You can just buy healing items. No, no. You make yourself the. You let you have a curry in the curry thing for a hundred days yeah. in the game, and you can get one that like will heal you every turn. So you just get your, on your team, and then every turn your team's getting healed every single turn. Curries are overpowered in that game, and <laughs> they're very important to the to the gameplay. Um, but yeah, it is good to play a Disguise game that's like simplified back. I'd love to see him do this to Disguise too because that game is fantastic. But that game did have more of a overworld, didn't it? Disguise two set the structure for what the future ones were. Yeah. Um, the third one, like that, was a really good game, but it's it was on PS3 and it looked like a PS2 game. Mm. Oh, God, fast today. Well, it's a lot. That's the same with a lot of games. Like you, I mean, you look at stuff like you look at stuff like Resident Evil Three. Hmm. People don't remember that Resident Evil Three when they came out on the PlayStation One. That looked closer to a PS2 game than it did to a PS1 game. Yeah, it was that was advanced at the time. Yeah, and but, it, I think that that's because the intention was always to push but it. There's that always way. that first generation of games that come out on a console that look like the last gen, but with yeah. some nicer. Well, usually with more bump mapping. Yeah, that seems to be the case. <laughs> We're going to get that a lot with the PS5, aren't we? Because they're going to be bringing out games that will work on both consoles and just have extra graphics for the PS5 version, aren't they? We're going to have the Driver Two situation all over again. Driver Two. Yeah. Do you remember that Driver 2 specifically had a sticker on the front of it that said, if you play this on a PS2, it will look better than it would if you were playing it on a PS1? I don't think so. Yeah, actually said that. Nah, Driver 2 came out yeah. way too early. Driver 2 was a PS2-compatible game that had upgraded graphics when you played it. No, it didn't. I have a copy downstairs. Do you want me to go get it right now? No. I will go get it right now to prove my point. No. I'm, I'm busy. Gonna get sure it. of you. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it. You keep, keep talking about this guy. Keep talking about the sky! It's going to come back and find there isn't a sticker on the front of it because um, Driver 2 came out in 1999, two years before the PlayStation 2. So he's going to look foolish. Anyway, Matt's next review is going to be uh, touching his dick. God damn it, doesn't have it on this copy. Yeah, weird. Oh, fuck! They never did. No, they did. No, they never did. They did. What year did Disguise Driver Two come out? Nineteen ninety nine. They did. Two thousand. A whole year before the PS Two came out. <clears throat> You're imagining things. No, I'm not. My friend had it. Had that on the fucking box. He's a liar. He's not a liar. I read did it. Did his on dad the box. work at Nintendo as well? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Because Driver 3 was supposed to have been an early PS2 game and it took years to come out. But anyway, your next review, your review. Ah, oh, fine. Alright, uh, my next review. Um, okay, so um, I've recently uh, I've recently been getting back into Game Boy games. You remember I did a review of... Um, so you're going to waste a review on some... <laughs> yeah, I am, yeah. Um, you recently I reviewed some Konami games, Dracula... Uh, so what's Kid the Dracula series you're going to forget? <sighs> Kid Dracula and uh, Castlevania and such. Mm. And uh, after the news that Link's Awakening was getting a not a HD remake but a complete redo remaster, yeah. um, I started looking at small em- emulation devices, emulation devices, and and uh, <coughs> one of the ways that I played Castlevania and Kid Dracula was on an Odroid Go, which was a very interesting little build-your-own-kit, like it was a Game Boy essentially. I played it on the Game it. Boy. You did, uh, but it's is essentially just a small emulator that you that you create. Well, it came with a board, came with the buttons, came with everything, and you just put it together yourself. It's a nice intro to building PCB-based emulation devices. And it was a really nice emulation. It was simple. It did Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and it did um, did Game Gear. Mm-hmm. Um, and did and you do Atari Lynx? I don't think it did, but the Atari Lynx is a really weird console because it was actually dual core. 
it's one of those weird consoles that people don't realise how advanced it was at the time. And this is the the Odroid Go is a very simple device. It doesn't have a ton of power. I think it's something like sixteen megabytes of RAM. So it's as close to it's a. It, 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 how it, many megabytes of RAM do you need to play Game Boy games with? Like none, essentially. You need like I think it was like sixty-four kilobytes, wasn't it, back in the day? Probably. Uh, but the actual device itself is really nice, made nicely made. It's really fun to put it together. Um, and play Batman on it. I did play Batman on it. Um, Batman isn't as good as you remember. Uh, Batman's fucking great. It's not as good as you remember. I'll tell you what's really bad. Batman Return of the Joker. That's a great fucking game. Batman I Returns of the Joker is great. Isn't... Up your dick. Wait, is it Batman Returns on the Game Boy I'm thinking of? I don't know. Batman Return of the Joker is fantastic. Which one's Batman Return that's of the, the Joker? That's the sequel to the um, yes, you're NES right. game. No, that is good. It is Batman Forever that's really bad. And that's the one where it's like Mortal Kombat style yeah, yeah. sprites. Yeah, really bad. And that game's a work of art. It's fucking terrible. I've got that but, Mega Drive. <laughs> so the Odroid Go is a really nice emulation device. And it's something that I think that getting the chance to create it... What is, are you reviewing? This. The Odroid? Yeah. I thought you were talking about Kid Dracula. No. Jesus. Stay with it, bud. Oh my after God. the whole, after being proven wrong about Driver 2 having a graphical upgrade when you put in the PS2, you're now just flapping in the wind. People keep trying to test my knowledge of stuff. Someone at work was trying to test my knowledge on Star Trek the other day. Well, that and was I'm a like, you fuck. That was a mistake, wasn't it? Uh, but anyway, so the Odroid Go is a really nice emulation device and it's cheap. It's about £40 to get it imported, so cheap as you can expect for something like this. The problem with importing is that it's always going to be more expensive than it should be. Um, if you go through, if you go through Odroid UK, I think it's 60 quid. If you go through Odroid America right now, it's 70, so it is more expensive now. Um, but if you're, if you're looking for a chance to get back into those old games, or if you're looking for a hobby, something to do very quickly. You could buy a Game Boy, which is about the same price, or you could go for this. It was released 30 years ago today in Japan. Did you know that? It was! You know why I'm talking about this shit! Fuck's Mm. sake! It was released in the US in July 21st, 2001. So, anyway. We didn't get to 1990 in the UK. Talking about the Odroid Go, 40 pound device that you get to build yourself. And then. I got one in 1993. And then there was another device that came onto the market, which was a BitBoy version 2. Uh, the BitBoy version 2 is, a, it looks as close to a Game Boy as these things could probably go without copyright infringement. Um, and it's a small device. You don't build it yourself. It's a rechargeable battery. It lasts two to three hours. And again, it plays Game Boy Color, Game Boy and, um, and Game Gear games along with a few others. Now there's been an update to that. So it plays other games as well, like Snares, Mega Drive, Famicom, stuff like that. Now, the reason I'm talking about the two things is, as emulation devices, I was looking for something that basically did the best job it could. I feel like the Odroid is a better device all round. The only problem being that it doesn't have a headphone port. What? I know. Which is a bit irritating, because if you want to listen to things like... Te- people under- people underestimate the power of the Game Boy. Some of the music from the Game Boy era is great. Everyone knows Everyone knows Tetris. The freaking Game Boy Robocop was used for an advert for Ariston Electronics yeah. in the na- in the in, um, early Everyone 90s. knows Super Mario and the uh, Six Golden actually Coins. Actually, was the music from the Spectrum game, but it was the Game Boy remix they actually uh, used for the nice. for the advert. Nice little, nice little <sighs> facts there. Um, and then everybody, everybody knows the music from Super Mario Six Go- Golden Coins. Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, my uh, nan does. She's always going on about it. No one knows the music from Mario Bros. You're saying that's more recognisable than music from Mario Land. Alright, fine. Maybe not. But anyway, uh, maybe not to you anyway. Uh, but this, it, it's been really nice to play, this, play these games again. Um, the BitBoy, I, it's cheaper. You can get about 27 quid. 
and you get it imported, and it's, that's it, that's your cost, and it comes with a little SD cover with games and stuff on it, which is legal, I know, shut up. Um, but, you know, in terms of in terms of the actual battery, the Odroid lasts longer, and I feel like it's a better device for emulating those Game Boy games. If you want something that does more stuff, like it does Game Boy Advance as well now, then the BitBoy Volume 2 is probably the better device for you. Ant's playing on it right now, he's about to give us a review, what do you think of it, Ant? Yeah, that's the BitBoy version 2 there. It's my Game Boy Advance no, SP. No, it's not, it's the BitBoy version 2, no one believes you. Um... I dropped this the other day while it was charging, <laughs> so I'm really worried that I've broken the charger on it. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it was plugged in, I moved my keyboard, and this keyboard's got a very thick cable. Yeah, I can so see that. So everything that gets knocked by it gets moved. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it dragged the Game Boy off the shelf with all the games. Nice. So, um, yeah, so if you're looking for an emulation device, there are pros and cons to both. I would say that the Odroid is a better device for me when it comes to just pure GBA emulation. There are some screen tearing issues, but... Screen tearing? Yeah. There it's got are, its own built-in screen. There are some screen tearing issues when it comes to the Odroid, but when it comes to the BitBoy, there's less screen tearing, but at the same time, it doesn't emulate all of the all of the, um, all of of the the devices that are on there as well as, it, as you know, maybe it should if it's advertising them now. Mm-hmm. But, um, but all in all, the Odroid's the one I prefer. Can but you not adjust the um, refresh rate on the screen? You on can the do frame skipping. Mm. That, fixes that means it, every 16 seconds it will double a frame. Yeah. Because the Game Boy game is actually run at 61 hertz, just to be really awkward. Is that why? Yeah. Weird. Uh, well, yeah. I found that Cause using... Because Game Boy, um, Super Game Boy on the SNES ran slightly faster. Ah, okay. Yeah. I found one of the interesting ways, because the um, because the Odroid can do NES and Master System, mm. which is a nice little feature because Master System is the console I owned as a kid, um, there's no screen tearing issues. Because you're poor. Yeah. There are no screen tearing issues if you just use PAL ROMs, and that's because they run at 50. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but all in all, yeah, the Odroid is the one I recommend. BitBoy's good. I think that it's probably better if you're looking for an all-in-one emulation oh. device that does everything, but at the same time, there are some limits to that. And also, the battery life is a lot shorter. It does two to three hours. The Odroid lasted about 12 or 18 hours before I needed to charge it, uh, which is pretty fucking great. Well, I needed a Mega SG. So if what's, anyone wants to send me a Mega, a Mega SG, SG... Oh, the analog one! Yeah. Jesus, if anyone wants to send me one of them... fucking lovely. Only 190 oh, um, quid without a freaking controller and... Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, 190 quid without a controller and you still have to pay import tax because no one distributes them in the UK. Fuck. It's yeah. the same as the Super M one they did, the SNES one. Both of, both, of the, both of these devices are really good. I give them a Denzel Washington and all. There are faults to both. I think that the Odroid's more fun and is a better device overall. But I think that the BitBoy is... it's. Something that a lot of people who are nostalgic for that form factor and that design are going to be more entertained by. Um, but all in all, great devices both. Just, you know, it depends on what you're after. And your review. Should be after a real Game Boy. Yeah, I own one of those too. Do you have a Game Boy Advance SP NES Classic Edition? No, yours is very nice. Mm. Um, it is very nice, but it is also beaten up. This is not being up. Do you need a battery when I for it? Because I do have some spare no, batteries. No, no, this thing, these batteries last forever, man. No, they don't. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Freaking but they still manufacture them, so if you want one. I got fucking... My Game Boy is perfect. Wish I still had my original one, though. Which was your original one? I've still got my original Game Boy, and I've got my Game Boy Color, um, but I haven't got my original Game Boy Advance. I had the white one. I have my original Game Boy. It no longer has, <laughs> no longer has the plastic screen protector. Oh, dear. And I have my Game Boy Color... Which no longer turns on because I left batteries in it. They corroded. Cock. I know. I know. But you can buy the parts to replace them easily enough. I've still got the one I bought off eBay for like a quid that I fixed. I've got the um, 2DS off of eBay that I fixed for like... I think I in, in total I spent about 12 quid on the device and parts. Mm. And I've got the £30 PS Vita. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Vita. 
with it cost me. It's so in my life in gaming. Did a video this past week about video capture on 3DS. Yeah, there's a bit where he pans the camera across to his 3DS dock, and there's a game, there's a Vita there, and it's just like coated in dust. Yeah, <laughs> <It's just fucking laughs> poor fucking things. I mean, they're good devices. The original ones. The original one's the better one of the two because it's got the OLED screen. Mm. Really fucking nice colours. I was playing Iconoclast on here and it is pretty fucking great. PS4. What, Iconoclast? Yeah. I would, but the problem is that I rarely put, turn on my PS4 now. Freaking, what's wrong with you? It's really nice. Really nice screen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I recommend it. Uh, if you can get one for 30, 40 quid, they've gone right up in price. Hmm. I've bought a replacement joystick that's arriving, but it takes about three weeks. Um, they're only like £5. Stop breaking your joysticks. No, it came like that. That's why it was so cheap, because someone said that it was like muffed up, but it's just missing the rubber. Oh my God, how do people do that? Don't chew on it, maybe. <sighs> Jesus. What are you doing? Drinking vanilla Coke. I know, right? Sloshing it around. What's going on? Jesus. Oh, I love this game. Stop playing Iconoclast. All right, well. You dumb. Da, da, da. Yeah, I am. It's our first tech review. I did our first comic review. No, I did a comic before, didn't I? Probably. You probably did tech before, who knows? Yeah, I probably did do tech before. I should review my phone at some point. I think you tried to review your phone and once. And then you told me just, not to. It's just nonsense. Yeah. Because it's, it's boring. Why is it boring? Because it's a phone. I think, I think people are into it. Well, yeah, but it's it's specifically a phone that a lot of people are you interested in. You can't review tech unless you're a middle-aged man who lives in Norwich. I'm 30 now. Is that middle-aged? You're not, you're not tech mode old. Until you get to tech moan age, can't talk about tech. Alright. Mm. God, I love this game. You, you're dumb. Yeah, I'm done. Concentrate. I am concentrating. Right, what are we going to review next? You're going to review a thing. Oh, fuck. We review stuff and or things. Uh, season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. Oh, God, why? Racist? <laughs> you're the racist one. I mean, with your brain first support. Um, Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Um, this is like okay, so the last series was a bit messy and yeah. stuff, and didn't really fit into canon at all. And I wasn't too fussed about that, to be honest, because canon's overrated. I mean, if if you worried about canon too much in TV shows and how everything fits together, you wouldn't watch Doctor Who, you know, because Doctor Who quite often contradicts itself in incredible ways. Um, but Star Trek Discovery really was a bit, probably a bit too much. Because there was a whole thing, it's like, okay, so this is set like 10 years before the original series, but they've got a ship that can jump to literally anywhere they feel like, as long as they can think about it, it just instantly warped. So it's linked to them psychically? It travels through a mycelial network, it's some weird, like, future interdimensional travel thing. They basically create a portal that the ship, like, pops. Like, like the Nightcrawler. Event Horizon. Like Nightcrawler. Like the Event Horizon. No. But um, Sam Neill was the Discovery fan. Season 2, like, they start this off, they get Captain Pike takes over the Discovery because it doesn't have a captain because there was a whole, you know, their captain, Not this crazy Jean-Luc evil Picard. person. That's 120 years in the future, you nonce. What? But um, in the last series, like, they had, uh, what's his face, Lorca, who was uh, played by Jason Isaacs, who it turned out was from the Mirror Universe and was uh-huh. evil. Um, Spoilers. And so they did this whole thing. They had Captain Pike come and take over the Enterprise. Captain Pike, for nerds, is the, the original person... captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, from the pilot episode. Who got the a cage. slug in his brain. Didn't get a slug in his brain. He got crippled. He got hit by a load of radiation from a training exercise. And he got crippled. And then he was in a, he was in a wheelchair and, and he came back and he was... Yeah, but he's not in a wheelchair. But he's been played by Anson Mount, who... You remember Anson Mount? He was... Famously in The Immortals. Yeah, he was Black Bolt. He gets to talk in this one. He's really good. 
is to talk in this one. Yeah. It's not my black ball. Hashtag yeah. not my black but, um, ball. But he's really good in this series. Like, he probably salvages a lot of the series. Um, really? He's, like, genuinely, like, a proper charismatic pike. Um, and the series, like, is basically based around there's these seven red signals that have appeared around the galaxy and they're trying to find out what they come from. Maybe, like, Spock has apparently had these visions since he was a child of these red symbols <gasps> that are uh, some sort of angel. We've got Beardy Spock. Yeah, so he's gone yeah, off somewhere. About Beardy Spock. And uh, get into it. <sighs> he's disappeared. No one knows where he's gone. Apparently he's killed a bunch of people and ran off. <laughs> Badass. Um, turned out it was all some sort of big cover-up. Section 31, the secret organisation, has been doing some shady stuff. They've got this AI programme that's meant to be like... Like, they're supposed to feed it the data for missions, and then they take its advice on board for where they're going to go next. Okay. This AI is meant to compile the data and go, okay, this is what it thinks is the best course of action. All but right, it okay. becomes self-aware. All right. And there's a point in the series where they come across a giant sphere that's full of, like, thousands and thousands of years of data that's picked up as it's travelling through the galaxy. And it's like a techno-organic species creature that's dying, and they take all the data on board their ship. And so, because that happened, the AI on the Section 31 ship is like, hang on a second, that's a lot of data I could do with that. I can make some well good decisions with that. And so the AI becomes self-aware and intends to steal that data. Starts taking selfies. Makes little nanobots, takes over people's bodies. Gets on shit like that, goes crazy. Um, but the series, like, structurally, this one is a lot more focused than the previous one was. The previous one was like... It would do a couple of episodes and then seem to get bored with whatever premise it had currently going and then it would swerve to somewhere else. And it'd be like, yeah, we're doing Klingon stuff. Ah, bored of that. No, now we're going to a mirror universe. And then we come back. There's a big war. Um, this series, it focuses a lot more on one thing. They know that there's some sort of threat from the future. They're told that basically whatever's happening is going to end up with all life in the galaxy being wiped out. Because you know this control thing has decided that it's going to... The only way to save the galaxy is to get rid of any life in the galaxy so nothing can go wrong. You know, typical evil AI stuff. Yeah. Stop playing on your Vita. I'm listening. Yeah, it's clicking away in the mic. Oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah, your penis. Put it back over there. But, um, yeah, so the show still all revolves around Michael Burnham and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's some interesting stuff in it. Like, one of the first things Pike does when he comes on board the ship is he tells everyone to shut up and goes, Oi, tell me all your names and what you do on the ship. So all the people on the bridge introduce themselves. And that's only a little thing, but for one, it shows Pike as being a bit more of a sort of understanding captain who wants to know his crew. And secondly, we finally get introduced to the cast who have had a whole series before, because half these people didn't get any character, didn't get names in the last series as far as... They might have had names, but you never knew what they were. But they're given a lot more personality in this series. Mm. So your actual bridge crew becomes a bridge crew. And so you know who these characters are to a certain extent. Yeah. Even though they're still rushing to give them some sort of character development, a couple of them get a little bit extra to do during the series, which is good. Yeah. Um, they also, like, they gradually just tear away little things that were probably a bit rubbish in the previous series. Like, one of the characters gets killed in the previous series, the Doctor. And obviously that's a bit of a problem when your main Doctor dies on your ship that's out in the middle of deep space. It's hard to get a replacement. Um, but they did this whole thing where they went into the mycelial network the Discovery travels through and they found a copy of him in there. Apparently when he died during a jump, it created a copy of him in the network and they pulled him back through and brought him back to life. Oh. Um, Star Trek science stuff. Yeah. And there's Sue Saru who's, um, you know, fucking, what's his name? Who's that guy who plays Abe Sapien? Oh, Doug Jones. Yeah. Um, and he's got this stuff, it's like this fret ganglia shit that comes out whenever he fears something. Mm. And his whole species have this whole defence that when something dangerous is coming, the ganglia comes out. And they've been convinced by this overlord race that rules over them that 
eventually this stuff's going to come out and it will start going all crusty and then they'll die. Mm. So they have to be killed. So they're supposed to cut off the ganglia and then they'll die. Um, so there's this whole episode arc where, because he's the only one who's ever been out in deep space. He's never, he's the only one who's ever left the planet. Yeah. Um, and his ganglia starts to do all the thing and he's convinced he's going to die and it just drops off. And then he's got no fear from then onwards and his character changes because he's just, he becomes a bit more brazen and a bit more like stick up your ass type character because suddenly he doesn't have this constant fear. Mm. Even better, little shards come out from behind his neck and fire bolts when he gets angry. So it's so essentially, becomes, it was like a visual... It, it, it was basically he's breaking free of the control that this alien race had over his race. Yeah. And so he goes back to the planet and tells them this. And then they start a war. They're guided there by the red thing. But the alien that fucking... Called the Ba'ul, who mm. control him. Like, they build him up for ages. They say no one's ever seen him and all this sort of stuff. And it doesn't turn into this thing where suddenly they're everywhere and they're walking around and doing all this sort of shit. It literally, like, you see one of them in one scene and it's pure nightmare fuel. Yeah. And you don't want to see him again. Like, there's a black pool and this thing comes out and it's like something from the ring. Mm. And it's got, like, no eyes and its voice is just booming off the walls and it's got hair that's dangling down in front of its face and... Like long spindly shit coming off its fingers and everything. Yeah, it's like pure nightmare fuel, and he doesn't like it, so he fires his little spear things now that come out of the back of his head. And it kills him. No, nah, scares it off. Oh, and they blow up the whole the whole control scheme. Yeah. So the bahul has got no reason, no control over the his race anymore. Yeah. So there's like a whole bunch of these little things where it's like they've they've done stuff to sort of make the races a bit more interesting, change things in the galaxy. They've actually done a Star Trek. They've gone to a planet that has a problem, and they solved the problem. Which is what Star Trek used to be about. Um, they manage about five episodes where they do something like that, where they have an actual problem and they solve it, which is pretty good going because Discovery had like one episode that was like that. Um, but yeah, they, it just keeps building up. It gets more and more intense. There's this like AI chasing after them. Section Thirty One's chasing them everywhere. They're like doing all sorts of crazy shit. It's Star Trekky craziness. Big old time travel element comes into it, and then the series ends. Oh, <laughs> so the. Yeah, um, in order to make sure that it fits canon, though, they do, like, probably the only thing they could do to make sure that now this still fits canon. Um, although it still doesn't excuse all of it, they just fucking decide they're never going to talk about it at the end of the series. I won't tell you what actually happens at the end of the series, but the whole basic gist of it in the final scenes is that when it's setting up, Star Trek's going to happen now. Everyone's just like, yeah, all the information we gathered and all this stuff that happened with Discovery, it's so dangerous that, you know, an AI might want it, so we should never, ever talk about it. So that's how Star Trek Discovery fits into canon. No one ever talked about it. That's why we never heard about Spock's sister or this spaceship that could jump between dimensions and instantaneously transport itself to different parts of the galaxy or the fact they broke death or, you know, all these Klingons that had this weird bone ship. None of that stuff ever got mentioned. They have proper Klingon ships at the end of the series. Oh, okay. Which is good. Klingons have hair again now. Apparently they shaved it all off in war. That's never happened in Star Trek before. But apparently the ones that were bald shaved it off for the war. Weirdly, their heads got a bit smaller as well to accommodate the hair. Strange that. But um, yeah, it was was a more Star Trek-y series, but it was just, it was a lot of explosions and a lot of um, running around and stuff. The Enterprise looked really cool when they go on the Enterprise. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> At the end of the first series, you see the Enterprise come off, and one thing nerds noticed was that the registry number was wrong font. <laughs> so at the end of the series, the front of the shit Enterprise gets blown off so they can rebuild it and have the right font on the front of it. I was like, they they fixed the font. <laughs> That's brilliant. And then the camera pans out through the window, and it's just like a solid wall. Yeah, when the camera passes through the window to the outside of the ship. Yeah. Because everyone was like, is that a window? Because no one, Star Trek fans don't like windows. 
yeah. on the bridge. They don't want the screen to be a window. They well, want the screen to be a screen. It doesn't make sense for it to be a window anyway. Yeah, because it'll blow up and everyone gets yeah. sucked into space. Yeah. Um, it's the idea it's meant to be transparent aluminium, which was the whole thing. Actually, transparent aluminium is a real thing. Um, it's actually something people know how to make, apparently. Yeah. But um, yeah, that wouldn't, still wouldn't be good enough for space. But they did that at the end. There's all these little things where it's just like, okay, don't worry, we're fixing it, okay? Just leave it to us. Um, the next series will be interesting, though, because there's, there's going to be one more series, apparently. Um, and the next one should be completely free of any canon. They can just go and do their own thing. And so hopefully you won't be constantly watching it, like with them constantly having to explain reasons why this show fits into Star Trek canon. Because um, they insisted it's part of the main universe. It's not It's not a separate universe like the J.J. Abrams films are. They should have just made it set in the J.J. Abrams universe and... Just yeah, be just done, with it. done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, Figging Pike was great. Um, I, I want a TV series, man. I want just do one series, like Pike on the Enterprise before he hands it over to Kirk or something. Just don't hand it over Stuck to in. Kirk. Well, he has Fuck to eventually. You. No, I don't. He does. No, you don't. He's got to hand it over to Kirk eventually. Have Kirk be a rival. Have him, like, it's a different universe. Just have him be a rival. Eventually have Kirk become a villain and he's like a pompous blowhard. Oh, no. Yeah, because he was always the villain in those other fucking series. He did, broke every objective. Like, didn't do any of the shit that he Yeah, the rules do. only exist so Kirk can look cool while breaking them. That was the whole purpose of the rules. Fucking loves breaking rules. Yeah, he does. But um, the guy who played Spock was alright. He embodied the character of Spock better than Zachary Quinto does. He looked a lot like Zachary Quinto, didn't he? Yeah, he's got <laughs> a beard though. But when he shaves the beard off, he looks completely different. I didn't like it. No? I liked him with the beard more. I, but, like, um, I like Spock with a beard. Why not? Yeah, it's Spock's a logical beard, to have Spock's a beard. beard's a classic album. It's a, lo- um, it's a logical to have a, uh, have a beard. But yeah, it just because Zachary Quinto Spock, like Zachary Quinto looks the part for Spock, but his Spock in those films basically just cries and shouts all the time and gets angry at everything. Yeah. He's constantly trying to strangle Kirk, like Homer strangling Bart Simpson. Like freaking, like the Star Trek Into Darkness at the end has him punching Khan in the face repeatedly, screaming at him. Mm. <laughs> it's like. It's a shame that Star Trek Beyond's really good though. Yeah, Star Trek Beyond. Enjoy is really the good. shit out of that film. That is, it's a fucking masterclass in 4K as well. If you get the 4K version, it's a perfect action movie. Even though it's like Star Trek, it's a fantastic say action it was a movie. Perfect action movie. I think, that dude, the, that friggin' sabotage sequence. Yeah, that's fine. It's just it amazing. had it had the same problem that every Star Trek movie had, and it had two endings. No, no, it's got the one ending. They fight. They blow up the sabotage thing, and then he punches Idris Elba in the face a bit. It's fine. And then, and then there's the second ending. <laughs> After that, in which they go to go to Earth, California to be exact, and then they fight again, punchy punchy. No, they don't. Yeah, no, they have, they have the big old the whole finale of the film is Idris Elba's leading the ships towards the uh, massive great big thing that looks like the ship from Mass Effect, the space yeah, station, yeah. and the gravity goes off in there, and he fights him in the middle bit where the gravity's all floaty and weird, and they wins a battle. And the only bit that happens after that is because the Enterprise has been blown up earlier on in the film. There's a whole sequence where they're having a Oh well, that was a fun adventure we went on there. You're going to go off and do some training elsewhere, and then they raise a glass to check off because uh, what's his face is dead. Um, and then they see the Enterprise get built really quickly. And I like to believe that the Enterprise got built in seconds, um, and it wasn't a time lapse. I think we saw two different films. I think <laughs> you're thinking of Star Trek in Darkness, where <laughs> they crash that giant stupid yeah. ship, and they got the the one well, no, the Peter Weller cracks stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's where. Spock's punching the shit out of that film's fucking terrible yeah that was bad he's punching the shit out of Benedict Cumberbatch Khan they had to make a comic book to explain away why Khan was white now and not an Indian yeah like oh my god that fucking film is awful (laughs) 
Khan teleports from Earth to Klingon huh? homeworld, and it's like, why, why even have ships if he can do that? Like, and they break death at the end, and he's got a Tribble. Because remember Tribbles? Tribbles are in Star Trek. Beyond's better. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. Do not disagree. Yeah, Discovery. Yeah, season two was better than the first series. That's good. Yeah. You had a few episodes. One episode was like genuinely a really good Star Trek episode where they, they went to a planet that's humans. They've been transported from Earth during a war, during World War Three, mm-hmm. and they'd end up on this other planet. And they've like, over the years, they've just lived there like, you know, wood huts, wood buildings and everything like, sort of like early 19th century Wild West town type mm-hmm. thing going on. And they don't have any technology or anything like that, but one of them has been tinkering. And they go there and they have this whole thing where they can, they're trying to stop a meteorite from smashing the planet, but they can't do anything to let them know yeah. they're in space because of the whole Prime Directive stuff. Um, and that was like an interesting proper Star Trek episode. That was like three episodes in. And then it had one of the worst episodes I've ever done, like for the next episode, which is oh. shocking. That's good. But, mm. Balance. Balance, yeah. Checks and balances. Yeah. Every time it dealt with series wide lore and arc it fell fell apart. But whenever it concentrated on just doing a story, it was good. Yeah. That's how it yeah. works. Which is why the Orville works really well. See, the Orville, Orville has been I, fantastic I've this series. things about the yeah. Orville. This new series, it's not finished yet, but this series has been amazing. Yeah, I've just heard nothing but good things about yeah. the Orville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your review. Your last right. review, third no, review? No, it's third review. Um, free for me. So I saw Guillermo del Toro's Dottoro's Hellboy. Yeah, but it was different. From what I remember. No, so everybody knows the story of Mike Minola's Hellboy, right? It's a boy who comes from hell. But what people don't know is the actual origins of Hellboy, or are the actual origins of Hellboy. So, um, in the comics, Hellboy's mum was in a relationship with a demon. She was a witch who was in love with a demon. Um, she got transported to hell and gave birth to Hellboy. And then Hellboy <laughs> was pulled up by Professor Bloom... It was Hitler and shit. Well, yeah, Hitler and <clears throat> They interrupt a, they interrupt a ceremony. Yeah, we're trying to bring forth a demon, and they accidentally... It was a fucking... It wasn't Hitler, it was the... Um, Rasputin. Yeah, it was Rasputin yeah. and fucking what's-his-face, the her, the guy who's made of sand. Yeah, her... Good girl, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, so Hellboy's been re- rebooted mm. since, I think it was 2007, was Hellboy 2? Yeah. So Hellboy 1 and 2, really good films, I really like them. They're very distinct mm. in their mm. style. Right at the big hot, like that was the big Hollywood be- started becoming obsessed with comic book movies, wasn't it? Because you had Hellboy, what, 2004? So that's just as we yeah. were getting Spider Man 2, also around the same time as X2. Yeah. That was right around then. Um, and, and, you know, it shows that comic book films have sort of found a footing. Hmm. And it was a really good, um, a really good interpretation of, of sort of the origins of Hellboy as a character in our world. Yeah, and it wasn't also- really a, it was, it was Guillermo del, Toro, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. Yeah. It wasn't the comic book. Well, you say that, but, you know, like, the Conqueror Worm was in there and things like that. So it was yeah. it was quite close. It, it just, it, it took what it wanted from different comics and put them together. Hmm. And then Hellboy 2 was, well... Hellboy 2's fantastic. It's a great film. Much more like the comics. But there's never a golden army or anything like that in the comics. Yeah, but it, had, it doesn't matter whether those things are in the comics. It was, it delved more into the fairy tale side of things. Yeah, which so the first film barely scratched on. Like the first film, first one was very much like we found these three or four things. This is how we did. They did pseudo science in the first one, but yeah. the second one's more fairy tale creatures and stuff, yeah. which is what Hellboy is. That's absolutely right. Um, yeah. And and sort of, I think that that's kind of representative of the story arcs they do there. Mm. So you have Professor Bloom dies in the first one, 
And then once the science part of the organisation dies, once that parascience, mm-hmm. that paranormal scientist, once he's gone, that just opens everything up into this madcap world of fairies, pixies, monsters. There's something below the surface bubbling up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Hellboy 1 and 2 both look great even now. They're really interesting films. They're very good films. They're maybe a little bit darker than you'd expect a comic book movie to be, but that's kind of where they come from. And recently, um, they rebooted them. 2019. Yeah, you just got on with it and just said that. So, yeah, yeah, David David, David Harbour is now yeah. playing Hellboy. Yeah, fine. Replacing Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an interesting choice. Um, and you've also... They've not got Abe Sapien or any of the old team anymore. You've only got... Doctor Bloom and then and then Hellboy essentially. You don't have any of the other the other people that were in it before. Um, even Liz Sherman, who was the pyrokinetic girl, and she was in love with Hellboy. She's not in it anymore. So you do sort of lose a lot of it. Is based on the based on the charis- the the chemistry and relationship of Hellboy and Doctor Bloom. And sadly, that's not really that great. But the other team members who are putting on some pretty terrible English accents, they do introduce something to it. You've got British Daniel Day Kim. He's not British. Daniel Day Kim plays a guy who experienced... He's a oh, racist. Daniel Day Kim plays a character who was attacked by a werepanther. Yeah. And so he, spoilers, can transform into yeah, a werepanther. he's from the comic. He is from the comic. He yeah. is absolutely... He's a villain in the comic, though. Well, he's a hero, but that's besides the point. Um, and then you've also got a little girl named Alice who was who was replaced by a replaced by a changeling when she was a baby. Her parents noticed, and they call the paranormal de- detective agency the BPRD, who um, who turned up and basically Hellboy says, "Bring her back, or I'll kill you." And and the little baby that's in the cot turns into this warthog monster, runs off, and then the baby appears the next day. Um, and and that's sort of those are our characters. So Hellboy, he's prophesied to destroy the world. Um, and he is fighting against that whilst also trying to find his place in the world. He is someone who people are aware of in this universe, so he's no longer in the shadows. And they do take some aspects of the original two films in this, which makes it a bit confusing. This is very much a different thing altogether. The aesthetically pleasing Hellboy 1 and 2, the meticulously designed monsters, they're gone. We've now got big, scary ogres, and you've got Queen... Mila Jovovich, and you've got, um, and you've got warthog monsters all grown up and big, and there's not really anything else that stand out. The rest are just people. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but all in all, like it's actually a lot more enjoyable than the reviews have said it has been. I didn't, I didn't go in with a high expectation, but I went in, I went in, I just wanted to see what they had done with the property. And before I went in, I had started reading the BPRD series, which is um, which just capped off, so that just finished, and that was really good. That was really interesting. It built on the idea. So you weren't of the reading t- R.I.P.D. <laughs> I love R.I.P.D. the film. It's a great bad movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, they really built on the, the the BPRD comics have really built on on all the stuff that's come before them, and they're really interesting. And I think that they're a good companion piece to watching this because it's very much a violent, bloody monster movie more than this is anything else this feels like it almost feels like a kaiju movie in the way that things are set up and that does some aspects of a kaiju movie do come into it like the giants are giant they're about 30 foot tall and Hellboy does fight them but obviously he's got super strength so it's not quite he can handle him he's got a big old fist Um, and that's actually a really interesting little fight because he's he's he can punch people with his big old fist like 200 feet over and there's mm. some really nice camera shots where it's like boom, boom, boom. You know, like you'd see in a comic book movie. Mm. Almost like I expect to see in The Boys when that's released. Because I don't know if you... 
you know the boys in the first issue, the reason that Howie becomes a member of the boys. That bollocks. Alright, well, the reason that Howie becomes... There's too a, many comic books. I know. But the reason that Howie becomes a member of the boys is that a speedster is fighting this rhino guy, and he runs and doesn't stop himself in time, so where Howie's holding his fiance's hands as he's just proposed and she said yes, he it suddenly cuts for a second and he's just holding her severed hands, where the speedster is not stopped in time, so he's moving so fast he's just taken her out completely and pulverised her. Oh, God. And he's just like, oh, God. Oh, God. And that's it. And that's why he becomes a member. Anyway, that's besides the point. Um, Hellboy, the 2019 reboot, it's not that bad. It's not great either. It's not going to be a film that people turn to to watch, like, on DVD religiously. It's not, it's not the next John Wick. It's not the next fucking, um, superhero, you know, it's not the next superhero revelation. It is, it is just a gory version of Hellboy that is much more like Hellboy 1 than Hellboy 2. It's dipping its toe into the paranormal. But in those last 15 minutes, there is so much gore and violence. I loved it. There are scenes where there's like a siege on London, essentially, and these giant monsters are just interacting with normal people, and it is fucking incredible to have someone run up to the camera and be like, oh my god, what's happening? And a monster reach down and just de-glove his face, and they just fling him up in the air, and then fling the face. It's all digital, so it doesn't look great, but it's still really fun that that sort of wanton destruction is happening. And I mean... There's some stupid, like, there's some stupid bits in there, like, um, there's hints to who Hellboy's mother may have been related to and all this other shit, but, you know what? Fuck it. We go see Baba Yaga, though, not something they never in the first two films. Baba Yaga's really well done, has the Mm. stilt legs and is missing an eye. Well, she's got the chicken leg house, but she's got stilt legs because of a Mm. previous running with Hellboy. Um, Mm. and you've got, the changeling itself looks really impressive. It's a giant ogre monster. It looks, it looks like what I expected Cowboy, uh, not Cowboy Bebop. It looks like what I expected Bebop to look like in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because it's sort of like a weird seven foot tall, he's got a big warthog face with a big yeah, tusk. Bebop in the Turtles film looked like Bebop. Bebop in the Turtles film was Bebop with fucking obesity. <laughs> fucking great. More like the cartoon Bebop. Yeah. That's what the change in looks like. So it's like skinny, lower part, looks more human rather than the big <laughs> warthoggy bit. But um, but yeah, like I kind of like I said, I enjoyed this. This is the film. This is the kind of film that I can see myself. I can see myself in a year or two's time being like that. Hellboy wasn't too bad. And just watching it again and enjoying it. Um, it's not like I said. It's just not going to win anything else because it's not going to have the cult following of the other ones either. It's just it's not good enough for it. But it's not bad enough that I would yeah, say. Rotten Tomatoes should... said the film's terrible. So you have yeah, to but Rotten Tomatoes is an yeah. aggregate. It's, yeah, it's not, not based on. That's not a review figure. Robert Rotten Tomatoes is not a good sign no, of quality. No, 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 no. People are fucking stupid. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is a positive-negative aggregate. Yeah. It takes every review that has been public... like So it takes every professional review and it just says what percentage of these were positive. Hmm. It doesn't tell you whether a film's good or bad. It just tells you what percentage of people enjoyed it. So if something... If 25% of people enjoyed a film, that's pretty good for fucking going to see a film, isn't it? I mean, it's like, that's 25% of people that are professionally trained to enjoy a film enjoyed a film. That's not saying that 75% of people hated it. It just means they didn't give it an overwhelmingly positive review. You fucking ding sticks. If you don't like the way that Rotten Tomatoes reviews movies, then just get over it and review... Like, go back to reading reviews. Read Empire. Read fucking Total Film. Read that shit. Don't fucking read Rotten Tomatoes. Kids today don't know what films are, though. People, people don't understand how life works, do they? Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is just an aggregate. 
if you're upset with the fact that a percentage of people it didn't... said the last Jedi was good, but all the internet says it's bad. Yeah, but all the internet is based on the worst fucking people in the world mm. crueling out of their shit holes. Let's face it, the world is a horrible place. They don't care about last Jedi now. They care about Brie Larson and how much of a SJW she is or something. Now. Who gives a fuck? She's a millionaire. Get over it. Short term twelve. Is Someone told me she hasn't earned her place in the Marvel. Short term twelve and Room are two of the best films released. In the Oscar last winning 10 years. actress. Brie Larson, director Short-term Brie Larson. Short-term 12 and Room are two of the best films released in the last 10 years. Mm. And no one can argue that fact because they are just high-quality pieces of art. And you fucking, you stupid little cunts in your basement mm. just fucking wondering, oh, why is Ray allowed the lightsaber? But I can't have a lightsaber. Why are there no fat, obese, body fucking white people in fucking Star Wars? You yes, know there why? is. It's Greg Gumberg. You know why there are none of the people? Greg Gumberg's in Star Wars. Here's the secret. Porkins. Here is the secret to how life works. The guy who has the rancor. There is a reason <laughs> that you aren't represented in Star Wars. It's because you wouldn't be picked to be a fucking astronaut, you stupid cunt. If you were sitting at home watching your weight gather whilst you Hawkins fucking complain constantly about how everyone else is getting their chance to be happy, but I'm not being in Star Wars. Well, maybe, maybe it's not a problem with everyone else. Maybe it's a problem with you, you fucking cunt. But yeah, no, Anne, I, uh, I really liked Hellboy. I think Hellboy's pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say, again, I wouldn't say it's for everyone. It's genuinely, it's probably not even for the fans of the original original films, even though I'm a fan of the original films. And Neil Marshall, if you've seen other Neil Marshall films and you really like his films, this is definitely a Neil Marshall film. There are some loving shots that really, like, London doesn't look grotty and shitty in every seat. But it also doesn't look like Fairy Pixie Wonderland. Mm. It just looks like London. It's got Big Mo in it. It does. You know, right outside that chip shop where they're filming... I am pretty sure I walked past there whilst they were filming something because it wasn't a chip shop originally. They've re they've redressed another like yeah. another shop, but uh, but yeah, I, like I said, I kind of liked it. I think that people people might like it as well. You know, I I can't wholly recommend it because it is a really polarizing film. It seems by the way that other other people have taken to it, but yeah, I kind of liked it for all its faults. Um, I would give it. Uh, I would give it... Just fucking say something. I would give it... Uh, fucking hours of silence. On I'd the... give it a Drew Barrymore. I can't really, can't really tell if I find her attractive still. Oh my God. Should we talk about Drew Barrymore some more? No. Do you think she's attractive? What? Fucking hell, you shouldn't be... Jesus. I mean, it's not like I'm saying she's a bad actress based on her attractiveness. All I'm saying is... I can't work out if I'm attracted to her. That's, I think she's attractive. I'm sure she can't sleep at night thinking about I that. I don't know. I don't want this to impact her life in any way, shape, or form. It's more a question of my own her losing her jobs or affecting her life. No, no. Well, I mean, Santa that probably happens, in Hollywood. Been probably happens in, in, terms, of, in mm. terms of ladies in Hollywood anyway, because of age. They mm. get discriminated against. So, you know, that's and not Santa my Clarita fault. Santa Clarita Diet got cancelled. Pardon? Santa Clarita Diet got cancelled. Got cancelled? Yeah, Netflix have acted. it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Because there's like... They did a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, that's shitty. Yep. Yeah. Deserved well, it. Well, they might do a movie, because they do that with series that they don't finish, don't they? No. Well, yeah. No. Look at how expensive... Um, what was that series where everybody was sexing each other? What was the Wachowski series? The one they did for Netflix. Well, I didn't watch it. Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Possibly. I don't know. And then that scene where every every series... Well, I say every couple of episodes, they had a scene where everybody was shagging at the same time. 
and they would just turn into this giant orgy and I was like yeah boom that's, that's what you want you want to be mixed with people who just constantly shag so that you feel like you're having sex in the most awkward times in your life uh, but yeah and your review fuck's sake you and your rants right um, I'm going to review something very important have you got something decent for your last review have you yeah. just have you, is it actually something that's new yeah it's going to be something that's old, isn't it? No. Yeah, Jesus. Right, Carmen Rider Build. Oh, God. Carmen, Carmen Rider Build. Wait, you're having a go at me about how I review something that's old. Carmen Rider Build only finished in Japan, like, a few months ago. I've caught up with it now. Um, so, Carmen Rider Build was the 2017 to 2018 Carmen Rider series. Um, it's really fucking fun. It's the one that carries on from X-Aid that I talked about a while ago, you know, the Doctor's one. Yeah. Um, this one is like a scientist, and he combines two elements together, and... It turns into a rider form, and certain elements have a better match than others. So, like, rabbits and tank go together as a best match, and it transforms in. And there's a logic to it that comes up later in the series. Um, but this show's really fucking good. I enjoyed the shit out of this. Um, it starts off with, like, he's a hero who fights monsters that turn up, and no one knows why the monsters turn up and stuff and what's happening. But there's people inside the monsters, and so when he beats the monsters, the people are freed and saves the day. And he's just a hero doing his thing, and he gets dragged into investigating a murder. Like a murder suspect falls on his doorstep and the murder suspect doesn't remember anything just like he doesn't remember his past. And you get a little mystery going on. But then the mystery starts rolling out of control and it goes completely bonkers and everything just gets bigger and bigger. And it goes from this little murder mystery series with a guy in a rubber suit to being literally, we're going to have to smash a couple of dimensions together to create a new dimension where this stuff never happened so everyone can live in this new world that's going to be created. Like, that's quite some escalation from a murder mystery series. Um, the basic premise is that 10 years prior, an astronaut went to Mars. He came across a box while he was on Mars that they called Pandora's Box. And then when he got back to Earth, they were doing a ceremony revealing it. And the astronaut went crazy and ran towards it and put his hand on the box. And this wall came up and split Japan into three. Yeah. Into three separate regions. And it's basically like there's a, bringing back feudal regions to Japan where they have all... You know, all these three regions have a very sort of uh, tense relationship with each other because one of them's all farmland; they don't have the money or anything like that. And other ones that don't have the have the cities and everything, so they've got the money, but they don't have the means to produce stuff and things like that. So there's you know militaristic stuff and all this sort of thing going on, um, and it's all being pulled behind the scenes by some secret character who's secretly an alien from Mars, the one who wants to take control of the Pandora's box and destroy the planet with it. Um, and there's a whole bunch of weird plot twistery nonsense, because it is nonsense. But the whole thing's built around um, Sento, who can't remember his past. He's the Carmen Rider. He wants to be a hero. He's got a very you know, strict code of ethics about how he does stuff. He just wants to be a regular superhero. But gradually, like, the world goes into a war. Like Between Japan, like the regions are warring with each other, and he gets drafted. And they're like, you have to help us fight this war. And he gets left in a situation where if he doesn't fight this war, even though it's completely against his ethos and everything, innocent people are going to die. So he has to start fighting this war and it keeps building up and getting worse and worse. Yeah. Um, And then it just turns into pure science nonsense stuff towards the end and characters are redeemed and people die and stuff like that. There's all sorts of dramatic moments. Um, And it's just like a properly freaking enjoyable series. The escalation is insane in it. Just the way it's constantly getting more and more over the top. Like, he starts off, he's just like, yeah, rabbit, tank, whatever, fighting, yeah. And then he makes some new weapon, then he gets another new thing, and then he comes up with some new crazy device, and then 
he has to start absorbing other people's powers and stuff like this and it turns into anime for quite a while um the last four episodes is basically Carmen Rider version of the raid like they get to the the bad guys like right I'm going to give you a chance because I quite like this planet and even though I want to destroy it I kind of want to give you a fighting chance I'll just knock that thing and he's like okay what you have to do I'm going to be at the top of this tower yeah you guys have to get to the top of the tower and defeat me and so the last four episodes are them working their way up this tower to fight him and eventually smash two different dimensions together to stop him destroying the one they're in. Bit weird, which is oddly the villain's plot from the movie that was halfway through the series. It was bad when he did it. It's yeah. fine when they do it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's just a ludicrously fun series. Um, like I say, it's, it's a thinly veiled metaphor for friggin' feudal Japan and stuff like that with like the different regions coming together. Um, there's a movie that kicks off like after episode 45 and in episode the episode 45 at the end of it they're like here's the new leaders of the three different regions of Japan. The movie kicks off and it's like these new leaders are actually aliens and they're the bad guys <laughs> and they want to drill a hole into the centre of the earth. So Kamen Rider gets a new form and punches the shit out of him to save the day. And then episode 46 starts and it's like well we formed the planet the countries have um, got new rulers but we won't talk about them. <laughs> it's just it's off camera. It's fucking. Insane. It's like if you if you didn't go see that movie in the cinema the week it came out, you're yeah, going to be sitting there going, "What the fuck happened to the three new leaders? What's going on?" <laughs> um, doesn't matter anyway because it turned into the raid for the last few episodes. That's um, very cool. Yeah, and I've watched the one movie that kicks off after it because they're currently in Japan. They're releasing these um, one-off DVD movies that are like set in the new world he makes at the end of the series. Yeah, where everyone's forgotten their memory except for Sento and Banjo Ryuga. Banjo's fucking fantastic. He's this guy. He's like he's an MMA fighter, and he's okay. a bit of a bit of an idiot. He's like a complete idiot. And at the start, he's all like, I'm "Only going to fight for myself because I want to figure out who, you know, the mystery behind my murder." Just you know, because he got framed for the murder of some scientist. Okay, but it, the the answer to that is just the most ridiculous thing that you'd never guess. <laughs> it turns out one of the villains can change people's faces, and that's a key part of the whole. Murder mystery. Is that um, there's just someone out there who can change people's faces? Well, it turns out the guy who was murdered was... Okay, so Sento doesn't remember anything, but he's a genius. And he's a genius because he is actually the scientist who was murdered. The scientist wasn't murdered. Who The person who was murdered was the person who looks like Sento, who had been invited up there as part of a scam. Like, they'd call him up there, so he'd have a patsy. So he murders this guy who... Sento's look at you know doppelganger is yeah and then he swapped their faces so the real scientist has Sento's has the idiot guy's face this doesn't sound like a simple <laughs> and easy to follow plan for yeah it's not something you'd guess like a few episodes no. in um and then he took the scientist guy and uh whatever his name was and friggin wiped his memory so he wouldn't remember oh. any of it but his memory wasn't wiped perfectly he still remembered the drip build driver and stuff and it was all part of a plan to make him you know, make the bottles they need to do a thing and stuff. And his drive to be a hero wins out in the end. Good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, really, really fun series. I enjoy the shit out of it. It sounds um, fun. It just sounds also incredibly mad. Yeah. It just it's just how silly it gets. Because like halfway through the series, it's a whole civil war, and you're like, well, this is a pretty big escalation. And then it's like he makes a tower Ooh. come out the ground. Civil war, eh? And then he's like, I'm gonna fire a fucking laser into space. And then I'm going to make a black hole appear and I'm going to destroy your planet. And that's what the last half of the series is. Oh. Yeah. The villain is so fucking charismatic. He's brilliant. He's he's like one of the main characters turns out to be a villain. <gasps> um, it's not Kamen Rider, is it? But he's possessed. No, no, no. 
but he's no. like super charismatic as a villain and he's just like really overly charming and the thing is that his character is like he's been because he's an alien he's been on this planet 10 years now he's kind of grown to kind of enjoy how humans squabble with each other yeah and so he's he gets off on just like making them betray each other and fuck each other over he thinks it's fucking hilarious but he gets towards the end of the series and it's like okay every 10 minutes it takes you to walk up this tower that you need to fight me on I'm going to destroy an entire town and you just see him snap his fingers and like a black hole appears over a town kills everyone in this whole town and they were like fuck and it's like not again and then by the time they get to the top it's like it's happened like five times and they're just like we've really got to make sure this plan works out otherwise a shit ton of people are dead um but yeah really just really fucking enjoyable series um it does. It sounds a bit more fun than normal Kamen Rider stuff because yeah. it can be a little bit pro-faced. Po- po- Some of the earlier ones are pretty dark, like horror-based, but the newer ones are kind of a bit more superhero adventure-based. They tend to end up getting very drawn into having riders fighting each other. Do we have thingy back? Um, what was the Kamen Rider that was real gross? Mutated. Shin? No. Shin. He's in one of the High Side Generation movies. I remember that movie because yeah. it was... Well, and the one, there's one of the freaking hilarious ones. Yeah. Um... Kamen Rider series I'm watching now, Decade, involves the Heisei era riders and they stretch it out to involve Black, which was the one that the Master Rider was based on, but they don't include Shin, who come after it, which is a bit rude, to be honest. You know, because I want to see him turn into Shin Kamen Rider, just like, because that's his power, he turns into other Kamen Riders. And I want to see him stick a card in that's Shin Kamen Rider and he's just like, <laughs> just like his eyes glazing over and fucking spines coming out his back and shit. Um, good old Shin Kamen Rider. Yeah. But yeah, Kamen Rider build. That's the fucking enjoyable. Pretty yeah. good theme tune called Be The One, which is a, which was apparently a hit song in Japan. The series I'm watching now is a theme song by Gact, which is <laughs> a symphonic metal master genius of Japan. Yeah. Uh, that's I think I've heard of Gact. Yeah, but he's he's been around for years, he has. He's like... Can't remember the name of his band was years ago, but he's got that sort of like he does symphonic metal in Japan. Um, but yeah, build it's a good series. I like the costume. I like the way it's a rabbit in a tank thing. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> it? It's like, apparently one of the toys you can get um, a Santa Claus one and a cake one. When you put them back in, it goes Santa cake best match and it plays like a Christmas jingle. <laughs> Doesn't happen in the series. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the crossover of X Age was quite fun as well, which was the one where the villain was going to smash two worlds together because apparently that's a bad thing. And he shouldn't do it, even though the hero decides to do it at the end of the series. It's exactly the same plan. Um, but that, that movie's quite fun. Little X-Aid movie. Yeah. They've got two parallel worlds and time runs differently and stuff. But anyway, um, that's that. <laughs> I highly recommend Car and Ride a Build. Yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. like a fun series. The one I'm watching now makes no fucking sense. No, of course it doesn't. It's Car yeah. and Ride. Yeah. <laughs> It's not meant to, is it? it? I mean, sometimes it does. Yeah. Sometimes. This show's on at the same time as, like, Super Sentai, and Super Sentai is usually pretty straightforward. Yeah. And stuff, and Carmen Rider's always, like, it's basically whoever's writing it wants to write melodrama soaps, and they just go out of their way. It gets crazy. Yeah. All right. But it sounds good. I See, I always like Carmen Rider. One of the Riders is called Carmen Rider Grease. I always kind of like Carmen Rider a bit more than Power Rangers, but mm. I think that's just because I like the... I like the um, the whole martial arts where you got like three on one sort of thing. Yeah, I, I just like there's it's a bit more darker. Yeah, well, uh, not not so much nowadays, but it used to be like yeah. Comrade Amazon though that Amazon series they did. It was weird. That's violent. Yeah. <laughs> so, there's like cannibalism and shit in that. Like, it's not just violent; it's just weird. It doesn't really it doesn't really lock down the pacing early on, and there's still some attempts at humor and 
in general, the foot it's not shot as well as the. It was done on low budget. Yeah, but um, but costumes. Some of the costumes are right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not meant to be canon with the other riders, but I think they've included them in the new film they're doing. Yeah, well, probably because they'll probably be trans-dimensional. Like the the, um... the new film's meant to be the end of the Heisei era. Because if you know your Japanese politics, friggin' the emperor's abdicating the throne soon. New emperor takes over, and the new era of Japan will be the Reiwa era. So the Heisei era is over. All right. So next Godzilla film will be the first of the Heisei era. Cool. Next American Japanese Godzilla film, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. we ended the we ended the Heisei era of Godzilla films with um, Shin Godzilla, which isn't bad. Yeah, we end with new Godzilla. Yeah. Well, we've got <laughs> actually technically it's Millennium. We've I guess, got but... um, King of Monsters out next month, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck, Fuck yeah. that's something to look forward to. We've got King of Monsters and we've got Spider-Man: Homecoming in the same month. Spider-Man: Homecoming is June, isn't it? Is it June? Yeah. Oh well, we've got a superhero movie coming out next month, don't we? Not that enough. King oh. Godzilla's out next month. Hobbs God. and Shaw isn't that out next month. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they've just gone fuck it superpowers exist it now it looks great uh, come on it does it's... and there's that Batista one coming out in there Batista's got his own um, buddy comedy movie coming out with that kid yeah the spy next door whatever it is something like that yeah yeah that's coming out um, there's a lot of a lot of interesting stuff coming out mm. it is kind of a good year for cinema if you're um... it's crazy we've got King Kong versus Godzilla next year as well yeah yeah, that is crazy. How are they going to fucking get Godzilla, to, uh, King Kong, to the right size? Because well, they said he's a baby in Skull Island, didn't they? Skull Island is so fucking good. Mm. Not enough people watched it. Yeah, it's really good. It didn't do as well as it should have. Oh, well, Detective Pikachu's out next month. That's what I was fucking thinking. Mm. Yes, I've heard it's excellent. From who? Um, you know Jordan Vogt Robert, Roberts, the guy yeah. who directed Skull Island. Yeah. He said he's watched it twice now and he fucking loved it. Oh, I fucking cannot wait. Mm. Cannot wait. I've he's supposed to be doing the Metal Gear Solid movie, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I'll book my, I'm going to book my tickets to Detective Pikachu because they'll go on early release because they'll be like Pokemon cards and shit. Mm. So I'm going to book tickets to go see it just so I can get some free Pokemon cards I'll give to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Avengers. Avengers is Thursday. That's the most exciting thing right now. I'm very excited about that. Um, so this week, my uh, are you done with your review? No. Okay, carry on. Yes. Cool. See, politeness mm. gets us somewhere. Um, so my final review this month is Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry? You did that already? No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm sure you did. No, I didn't. I'm sure you did. I spoke about Devil May Cry, but I said I, didn't, I hadn't reviewed, I hadn't done enough to review it yet. Really? I hadn't completed enough to review it yet. Yeah, you got to check now. Uh, I'm going to double check just to make sure that uh, I am not being made a fool of on the podcast. Next, yeah, that would be a bit of a problem, wouldn't it? I've got other end. stuff I can review. Have you now? Yeah. Yeah, I've got other stuff I can review. Have you... Vi- yeah. Uh, episode 7, I reviewed DMC Definitive Edition. That was December 2014. It's the last episode you want to be looking at. Okay, fine. Freaking Jesus Christ. I just... Right, fine. You're leaving a lot of empty space there. All right, I'm re- I'm checking. It'll be done in post. We'll fix it in post. Oh God's sake! Fix it in post. I yeah, but then I can't be asked to look for the gaps. It's fine. Don't look for the gaps. Then let's just talk about stuff. How you doing? How you feeling? Who's your favourite Avenger? Um, Tim. No, I didn't do it last month. Fuck you. Last week, last episode. Why so, didn't you review it last episode? I don't know. Devil May Cry Five. Okay. Um, so Devil May Cry Five. It's the sequel to Devil May Cry Four. Yeah. Da, 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 da. So, Devil May Cry 5 is, uh, I've been playing on the Xbox One S, um, and it is Capcom's latest hacky, slashy, arcadey, devil fighting, devil killing madness. Um, 
Really, really nice looking. Some great new ideas added in. Some great new characters. Mm. All I in like all. What's her face with the car? Yeah, yeah. Whatever that one who drives around can't the car. Name. Can't remember either. Can't played it. Um, I have. Uh, there are three characters to play. I cannot. Uh, there are three characters to play as in this. You've got V, mysterious new character who controls demons instead of using traditional guns and swords. You've got Nero, returning protagonist from um, from Devil May Cry Four. He is now missing his his devil arm, so his demon arm. So he no longer has his demon his devil breaker. It serves him right. Yeah. So uh, so that's missing. So that's happened. Belongs to someone else. Well, no, he was actually the son of Virgil. Yeah? No. So, in Devil May Cry 4, it turned out that he was Virgil's son. Yeah, I got fed up with that game. Which is why he has the demon arm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In this, you've got the Devil Breaker arms. Yeah. Which are just, like, um, they're like uh, robotic attachments, like prosthetics that have different powers. Mm. Um, You get various different ones. There's a Mega Man-based one, which is kind of fun to use. But all in all, they, they were... You switch through them so quickly, I don't think tactically you would think about them as much as... Yeah, they're meant to just break all the time, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they, they, sort of, they put a lot of emphasis on preloading the ones you want to take into a level. Yeah. But I don't really think that matters too much, if I'm honest. Because you sort of just adapt to whatever you need. Well, you use whatever you pick up yeah. at the time, then. and you yeah. pick up stuff as yeah. well. You pick them up throughout the level. Um, and then you've got, you've got Dante, who is the protagonist from 1, 2, 3... And from DMC, which a lot of people don't like, but I remember being really, really good. Dante's really enjoyed. Oh, yeah, he is in Devil May Cry 4 as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, because that's yeah. the part where I went, fuck it. Yeah. When it goes, yeah, now play for the same levels backwards. So, yeah, so so Dante is uh, he's, he's the protagonist and joint protagonist in Devil May Cry 4. Um, and all in all, they're all back. They all feel like themselves at, at the same at the same time they have new, new, um, New abilities, new powers, and they feel distinct. It's weird how people are okay the, with the look of these. This game, even though it looks like DMC. Yeah, it does look very similar to DMC. Like, I thought it was a sequel to DMC. Nero looks exactly trailer. like Dante did in DMC. Yeah, but that's fine. Doesn't fucking matter. Um, I think it's just the number they were most upset with, and the hair. So when we when when I, I started playing this, one of the things that I was most interested in was V, because V is quite clearly Virgil. Hmm. I don't think anyone. I don't know if anyone thought that would be a good cliffhanger to to put things on because they don't really tell you until the end of the game. The whole of the game, he's named V, and he has a book of demonic poetry that draws through these demons, and he's a mystery mysterious character linked to someone that looks very much like Yamato, which is the demon devil breaker form or demon breaker form of Virgil oh. from the games. Spoiling the game. I'm not spoiling it because there is no way anyone saw a character named V when there is a prominent em- enemy in the whole of the. De- He's in every de- Devil May Cry game. Is Virgil? Virgil is like the key enemy. He's in Thunderbirds. And he was in Thunderbirds. And in this, he's he, there's a character named V who's mysterious and doesn't remember anything. It could have been Beautiful Joe. Yeah, Beautiful Joe's part of the Devil He's May Cry universe. I think. He, Beautiful Joe, is three foot tall. It's not his fault. Um, so yeah, it's a really good game. It it's feels played by Peter Dinklage when they make the film. Yeah, um, it feels it feels really good to play. Like Can it's very virtual, fluid. Yeah. It's very fluid. The graphics look look great. There's um, one of the things I'd say in this one. There's a lot more stop starting than there is in other games. I remember Devil May Cry One. As you're going through it, you can sort of just chain sections together. 
No, it's very, definitely Crow 1's very different. Yeah. It's a bit more like, it's got a Resident evil structure where yeah. you have to find keys for doors and That's stuff. That's true. And then, whereas the other ones are more make your way through a level. Yeah. And Corridor, Room of Bad Guys, Corridor, Room of Bad Guys. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, 4 was fucking all. I didn't like 4 in the slides. I liked 4. Um, but anyway, DMC, DMC introduced a lot more like you can chain areas together and you can sort of, but there was still that stop-start feeling. Mm. So you'd take on a group of enemies. There's always the barriers. Yeah, I know, but you'd take on the group of enemies and then you'd finish that group of enemies and you'd wander around for a little bit and then you'd find another group of enemies. It was very much like the Streets of Rage sort of formula. Mm. You're like, like duh, 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 go, go, go. Um, and, and that has never been more evident than it was in this game. But also the other problem with it is I haven't come across any section that's been particularly challenging, even when playing on like the hard difficulty. So I think that this is maybe a little bit easier to appeal to Especially more... cheese in it. I think it's a little bit more easy to appeal to more of a wider audience. I feel like they've done that in this one. as Because the other ones, when they introduced stuff like, it very much felt like a Resident Evil side game in the fact that they would just go, hey look, now this person's a spider monster. The whole time they were standing at a desk, they weren't actually standing. Then a giant spidery body underneath. In this it's a lot more like you know, the DMC style things where DMC, they were demons were hiding in plain sight. So mm. like they had that woman who had the little thing in the back of her head held all her skin back and then she just wore a wig over it but then when she released it she was like this weird blobby monster like crept out and stuff and I like that because I like transformation scenes in films I think that body horror is one of the one of the better types of horror film I like the idea of that it makes you feel better about all your postules yeah it does yeah I've got these weird sacks that hang under my armpits I'm now Mm. describing a black hole character from that comic book did you ever read black hole? no I saw black hole the film black hole son no won't you come R.I.P. Prince film. <laughs> it's the anniversary of Prince's death, by the way. <laughs> that, was a, that wasn't the response I was going to But anyway, DMC5, it's great. If you like the other Which DMC... Prince? Um, Prince, the artist formerly known as. Oh, him. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, um, yeah, if you like other Devil May Cry games, this is much of the same, but done so well. It's like a distilled formula at this point. It's really, really good. And I think that if you didn't like DMC, you, you may find that there's more DMC in your Devil May Cry than you you know, expected, but it's still that DMC same. DMC was fucking good. DMC was really good, but people don't like it. I think that people nowadays are stupid fucking cunts. And I think that... The I think what really annoyed them is that they decided they hated it, and when it came out, it was very much a Devil May Cry game. Yeah, it was really... It starts with him, like, dance, jumping around nude for a yeah. shot thing with a pizza covered yeah. his dick. Like <laughs> People are just, like I said, people are just cunts and idiots. I do like Dante's got his fucking, um, is it his motorbike, isn't it? Like, yeah. Just like... Yeah. In motorbike, you can ride while ripping half and smack people with, yeah. like, Hulk Holman destruction. Yeah. <laughs> That's what people wanted, apparently. Yeah. Look, if the incels got to decide everything, every film would be the same film. Dante still have a, he has a guitar, didn't he, in one of them? He had he? a guitar in one of them. He plays it at one point, like, when the guy comes in to give you the job initially, yeah. he's tuning it, I think, or playing it. And there's, like, some empty pizza boxes to show that they aren't doing so well anymore. Well, he likes pizza. You know, before they always had um, they had always had pizza, and he was always eating pizza, and he had yeah, because it's uh, cool. But yeah, so um, he loves being a turtle. I really liked it, but I don't see myself returning to it to try and challenge it a bit more. Mm. DMC, I did a few. I played it again a few times just it's to like bayonet build hard. scores and stuff. No, it's just not. It's it's not that it's not hard enough. It just feels like those moments between fights, they're more memorable than some of the fights. Mm. Just that gap is too long. They haven't really got that structure down. I'd like it if it was like fight, new area, fight, new area. There's not enough set pieces building into these things. It's not like... Well, the thing is, they're not being made by the guy who made Bayonetta. That's anymore. true. Yeah, that's it. That's probably fucking it. Fucking hell, Bayonetta, like, 
I mean, that's shat all over Devil May Cry 4. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I think, I think that Resident Evil got transitions right and Capcom usually get the transitions right. They usually get that move, move for a level right. There's always that big end boss and they utilize it by having you sort of torn through the scenery hmm. as that boss is going. In this, there's one of the, one of the parts I remember is you're in a, you're in a house going up floors, like this big mansion, sorry, going up floors. And every so often you have to find like this thing that you put a little mite in. And the mic kills off these branches so you can, you can go up another floor. Mm. But then every battle in a DMC game is in a corridor. But the camera's designed for a freedom of movement so that you can fight multiple enemies yeah. at once. When they're all in just a fucking bedroom, you're like, eh, I don't think someone gets DMC quite the way it should be done. You're not a game designer. No, I'm not. Maybe but you don't I know. Just, Maybe it's doing done exactly like, the right way. It's not like it's... It doesn't feel like a natural thing where you're like, oh, I'm in here. Even Ninja Garden. Do you remember Ninja Garden? You get to the room where there's a giant dragon skeleton. And you're yeah. like, I'm going to fight that fucking skeleton at some point. And you go into a room and, like, you touch something and then suddenly the spirit disappears and like, you go back into the corridor. You're like, oh, shit, that skeleton's gone. I guess I can go up to the roof now. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> and, like, it, like, even Dark Souls, things like that, games we mentioned already in this episode, they do that same thing. They have that transition. It feels natural to, to be able to progress at the same time to have to move hmm. whereas in this it feels a bit like oh right so this little parasite goes in there oh look there we go doors open it's like I hope I'm not going to have to use that again oh I have to use that again 50 times great I'm sure there's no adverse effect to a human being by putting a big old mouldy parasite in my arm great fine fantastic whatever you know it's just one of those things you where, have parasites in you yeah all the time um, but yeah some of the set pieces a fucking subway a hotel hmm. you go through some rooms like DMC, like, well, to talk about Bayonetta, Bayonetta, the first, the first, uh, well, the second or third level, level, you're fighting on a clock tower that's, that's falling. The, that's the intro sequence. Is that the intro sequence? Yeah, it's, it's a bit where she's fighting with her sister. Yeah, there you like, go. And they're having that battle yeah, to working together. You're fighting on a clock tower that mm. falls through the sky. Yeah. And then it lands, and then you're fighting in a quarry where the water starts rushing down or whatever. Like, that's a set piece that involves movement. That's what you want. It's a Smash Brothers stage. It is. Clock tower. It is, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's still it's still a great game. Everything mm. that I've said, positives and negatives. DMC, it you know, it, it the thing that it lives or dies by is its combat and and the creature design, and it's got both done really mm. well. Like they are yeah. they are great. Um, it's just for me, this isn't the best DMC that has ever come out. I think a lot of people think that, and a lot of people have said that in reviews. But I think that I think that Devil May Cry Three was probably my highlight. Yeah, Devil May Cry Three is. Fantastic. Devil May Cry Free. Did and the HD collection come out on PS4 as well? Yeah, I've got it. Yeah, yeah I got it uh, I got it for a tenner, I think. It came out on PS3, even. didn't it, originally? came out on PS3, which I had. But yeah. PS3 had a bunch of problems. Yeah. Because it was I think it was be, just an upscale of the PS2 version. Well, it was meant to be 1080p and 60 frames. But then yeah. a lot of the games didn't actually run at 60 frames, and it was like 720. Mm. But then the PS4 does work 60 frames. It was 1080. PS3 for you, isn't it? Yeah. PS3 was always a bit of a nightmare. I've seen people were talking about PS5, and they're going, oh, I'd be back as part with PS4. I've seen people saying, oh, I'd like it to work with PS1 PS2 games as well. No one says PS3. No. <laughs> well, actually, saying that, I would like to go back and play some of the um, some of the exclusives they had, like stuff like um, well, like what, like Uncharted that came out on PS4, no, no, The Last no. of Us that came out on PS4, or the God of War Three that came out on PS4. No, 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 no. <laughs> fuck. What was the the superhero game that they only had one? Uh, Marvel Rise of the No, the fucking <laughs> the first party one. Oh, Insomnia. In, in, um, fucking Infamous. Yeah, Infamous 1 and 2. I'd like to go back and play those. And the, Infamous the, Second Son's better. The Halloween... No, Infamous Second Son is, isn't as good as the uh, the original ones. The original ones were really fun. Um, and I'd like to go back... There are other games on that system that are like... There's like two. 
really interesting. I think that the problem Kill is... Killzone 2? Killzone 1, 2 and 3. One's on Freeze. PS2. Freeze on PS3. 2 and 3 are on PS3. No, right? 1 and 2 were on PS2. And then PS3 was Killzone 3. Because it was 3D as well. Uh, Killzone 2 is on PS3. Mm, no? Yeah, Double Digital Foundry did a video on it a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah. I'm 100% sure. First Killzone is a very late PS2 game. Then Killzone 2 is PS3. Killzone 3 was like right at the end of the PS3 cycle. The next game after that is uh, Shadowfall, whatever it's called. Actually, I'll tell you what I would like to play. Uh, still got that. Resistance. People forget about Resistance, but 1, 2 and 3 are not bad. Yeah. I'd like to go back and play those, actually. Yeah, but they're PS3 games. Yeah. They don't look great. <laughs> Resistance Resistance 2 was bad, if I remember correctly, but Resistance 3 was really Bayonet good. had a loading screen for its pause menu. Yeah, that PS3. was <laughs> I think the PS3 just had weird architecture, didn't it? It was yeah. like free, free CPUs. Is, no, 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 sorry, it was a tri-core. It was more than that. It was meant to be like seven CPUs, but they actually locked a bunch of them off and no one used them. Yeah. Um, only four got used. But there's also stuff where like just certain graphical effects that you could do on an Xbox 360, the PS3 couldn't do, so they have to find ways to recreate it on a PS3. It wasn't the, it wasn't the Xbox... The Xbox 360 was meant to be like a PC because it was meant to have the ability to load Linux. So PS3 added the ability to add Linux hmm. as an operating system. And then they got sued because they stopped supporting it. Yeah. But then Xbox never got the Linux system, but people just didn't complain. No. But Xbox was an Intel-based... Well, Xbox was more like a PC. So usually Intel CPU it, of an AMD For a lot of the generation, card. it was like the first... That was the console they based all their multi-format games on. Yeah. But when they realised they couldn't get games on PS3 up to Xbox standard, PS3 became the lead console. So that when they moved it to Xbox, they can just bump up the resolution, it'll be fine. Because that was the funny thing, that PS3 could do 900p... But Xbox One could only do 900p. Xbox One could do whatever it wanted. No, Xbox One... Xbox original, 360. Rather. No, Xbox One, the original Xbox One, oh, original Rise Xbox. was... Rise... No, Xbox One as in the newest iteration. Yeah. Rise, the fir- first party. All of the games were 900p upscaled to 1080p. Yeah, because they couldn't... Because they couldn't do 1080p naturally. Yeah. But PS4 could do 1080p naturally. Yeah. So that became the standard. It's different generation. They're both AMD. That's why that's why the newer the X- generation's been easier. The Xbox One also decided that they were going to put aside a large bunch of the architectures to run Connect. Yeah, fuck you know. I saw Connect in CX the other day, the new ones, like about five quid. Oh, they really? For an Xbox One Connect. <laughs> right. See, the thing about Connect is, if they made it so that all the old Connect games were backwards compatible, and they just had Connect work as the old one did, they changed the way that Connect worked. So it wasn't even backwards compatible with the old games. Yeah, they bundled it with every console and yeah. no one wanted it. And what was the game that the original game that came out? It was that fighting one where you would actually have to throw punches and stuff. Mm. But you'd have to throw them at the person you were fighting in the game. Oh god, that was bad. Anyway, yeah, sorry, Devil May Cry 5. Um really, really good. Um but like I said, it's not the best of the best. I'd say that DMC three was still better. That's Eric Roberts. Yeah, that is Eric Roberts. And also um God fucking damn it! Doesn't matter who else it is. No, it does. It no. does. Ernie Hudson. Oh. In the sequel. Was he? Yeah. yeah. He was a cop who hated the best of the best. Oh. And Chris Penn, before he died, died in Best of the Best. He was in Fist of the North Star. He was in Fist of the North Star. Who else was in Best of the Best? Actors. Yeah. In the sequel, Chris Penn dies at the beginning of the oh, film. No. Which is why which is why they become best of the best again. He was the least problematic Penn. Yeah, actually he was, wasn't he? Yeah. He was the one who didn't sexually assault and kidnap Madonna. <laughs> Tie Madonna to a chair and hit her with a gun. Yeah. But God. apparently everyone likes him now. 
I don't. No. <laughs> I don't know anyone who likes him. Fucking Spicoli. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Spicoli's the worst. <sighs> yeah. Uh, you done? Yeah, yeah, I'm done. I, I give it a um, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. It's really, cool. really good. Insanity. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's really, Kill really you. good, and you can see, you can, you can sort of see that they're going back in the right direction. I think they just maybe need to get that guy. Maybe you know it'd be really fun get Ninja Fury to to do this on the side with the Ninja development Fury team. owned by Microsoft now. Are they? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, because of course they were going to do Scalebound. Because Microsoft they? bought everyone. They were going to do Scalebound, and then Microsoft were like, "No, nah, we can't bother now. Do Ninja Blade Two, please." Wouldn't that be great if they did Ninja Blade Two? No. Ninja Blade One is fucking no. awesome. That's no. the tits. No. Oh, I sound like a twelve-year-old version of me. Anyway, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's the end of this episode of Crit Apocalypse. Yeah. Smash Brothers DLC is really good. Is it? Yeah. Did you buy it? Yeah, I got the DLC pass ages ago. Uh, yeah. So you playing Joker? Pass. Yeah. How is he? It's fucking rad. Can we have a game? No. Oh. Um, when you win a stage, it just goes straight to the windscreen from Persona 5. Oh, really? There's no, like, you know, it just goes, he's running along the screen, and all the zigzags are there, and it's got oh, cool. Joker as the winner. And if you beat, like, say you're doing a stock match, you yeah. know, when, it's last, when you have to eliminate everyone, yeah. when you eliminate the pers- last person with the final smash, it just stays on the screen where he's got the victory, you know, he's adjusting his glove, yeah. and in the background they've got blood spurting in the air, except it sparkles in Smash Brothers, yeah. and it stays on there. And if you press different buttons when you win, you get like more, the Morgana comes along in a car form, and everyone's riding around in Morgana. Nice. Goes, is there, is there any word on when Persona Five is going to get on the Switch? Um, apparently, there's an announcement thing coming up next week. Okay. Because cool. apparently they've got like some event going on. Because they want to because they've got to officially announce Persona Five the Royal, haven't they? On yeah. PS4. Yeah. What is that? That like the Game of the Year edition? No, it's um basically it's meant to be another version of Persona Five where you play as a woman instead, but it's a different story. Oh, she okay. hates the Phantom Thieves and she's going to get her event go after them. So it's both during and after. I figure it's going to be set at the same time. Okay. So they've done cool. similar things before. Persona Two had an alternate version where you played as a female character lead instead, and she had a different story. I mostly I just want to play Persona Five on the Switch hmm. because I I want my Shimagami Tensai. And I want my Persona 4, 5. I reckon it'll be out before the end of the year. You reckon? Yeah. I might, as soon as I see it, I might pre-order it. I don't know. I can't see it fitting on one cartridge. Yes. I can imagine they're going to have to give you a download for it. No, 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 no. Because they do 32 gig cartridges. Yeah, but no one does 32 gig cartridges. Yeah, they do. Nintendo Nintendo do. all the other publishers will avoid it like the plague. uh, No, but you know what they're like. It'll It'll be a case of they do it, but it'll be... You'll have to get in on the initial run, or it'll be a hundred. Well, apparently, with Cuphead, they've managed to get it down to under four gigabytes. Really? So that they can put it on a four gigabyte cartridge because they're releasing the because it's going to get a physical edition on Switch. Yeah, yeah. That's Cuphead, Cuphead, the Microsoft published developed game, is getting a physical edition on yeah, Switch. They're getting Xbox games. They're getting Xbox. Yeah, Hellblade came out the other week. Pun? Hellblade came out on Switch yeah, the other week, true. and it's a really good port. The thing is that on Nintendo have now made that arrangement with Xbox, so they're going to have games of gold on Switch. Well, that hasn't been announced. Has it not? But it's apparently the rumour is it's going to become a thing. Yeah, Games Pass is going to be on the Switch, which is fucking phenomenal, because that means if they do what Games Pass, what they're showing and, and moving towards, which is cloud-based gaming... Hmm. Because you heard about in Japan, they've got Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 7 Assassin's Creed Origins is on Switch. Yeah, and Assassin's Creed Origins, yeah. you just play it through the web. Yeah, stream No, service. it's Odyssey that's on Switch. It's Odyssey. Yeah. yeah. And you play it in 60 frames per second, fucking 1080p. they got better internet there, though. Yeah, they have incredible internet there. But, I mean, that's fucking... We don't. 
That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Well, America doesn't. No. We're kind of held back by America in a lot of ways. Well, we're held back. Yeah, actually, no, you're right, because... Because their internet's fucking terrible. The rest of Europe has faster internet than us, doesn't it? It Yeah, but we've still got very good internet in the UK if you're in Virgin Media or you're even, like, BT's now pretty fast. Yeah, but But it's shocking. um, Isn't it like Prague has, like, 300 meg internet? Sweden has, like, terabyte internet connections. Yeah, I know know Sweden has that. (laughs) Yeah. That's better than China, though, isn't it, at this point? Well, they've got a lot of internet in China. Yeah. A lot of dead people in internet cafes. Yeah, that's true, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, I'm, wheel I'm, them out and they just knock them down a chute. I am. I'm looking forward to this. They got a button on the chairs and it like the chair goes f- like at an angle, <laughs> like in Austin Powers, like in Thunderbirds. Yeah, <laughs> and they just slide straight down. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really fucking exciting year for the Switch because mm. you've got the two new mod- models are hinted at being released. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not buying them. No, I'm not gonna buy one. No, I'm not buying. As in, I'm not buying the rumors. Oh right. I think if anything, they'll release a slightly redesigned one where like the screen goes up to the full size, maybe a better dock or something. I can't see a portable only switch happening. I can, but it just And be, I can't see a pro version. It happening. won't be portable only, it'll just be it'll be exactly the same as that without the IR sensors and without the HD rumble and it will just be like a 2DS. Mm, maybe. I reckon that's what's going to happen. Because I can't see them changing the size because they're going to want to make it so you can attach no, yeah, the Joy-Cons to it. So it no, it won't yeah. take Joy-Cons, they'll be attached, yeah. like permanently attached. I don't like the sound of that. Can't play Mario Odyssey without detaching Joy-Cons. Yeah, but most people don't detach the Joy-Cons. That's the Shit. thing. They found that most people play in handheld mode. But Mario Odyssey, you can't play without detaching them. There'll be a patch. Can't play 1-2 Switch. Yeah, but that's... <laughs> fucking who played that in the first place? Mugs. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Like, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, Persona 5 is coming. I reckon Persona 5 is coming for the Switch this year. And I reckon Shin Megami Tensei will be released this year. It's going to be called Persona 5S. I haven't heard anything about Shin Megami Tensei. Well, that's the thing, Atlas have an event soon, apparently. So Atlas have an event soon, that's when they're apparently showing this stuff off. Fucking Shin Megami Tensei, because I love those games. I've got, I'm going to play... I think they're going to port that, um, what was that weird Shin Megami Tensei Fire Emblem game on the Wii U? Oh, um, uh, uh, something Spa, Future, yeah, a weird name. Yeah, the one yeah. that I played for about three hours and still had no idea what was happening. Yeah, every Shin Megami Tensei game, I'm like, oh, no, you I'm... need to give at least ten hours before you get to play uh, yeah, the game. You get like, it, it, you remember the one that I was playing on the on the DS? Persona Four was a visual novel for the first five hours. Yeah, like the 3DS version of um, the 3DS version of um, Shin Megami Tensei Four. Hmm. I remember I was playing and I was like, oh, I'm a peasant and I've got this magical gun that that means I can capture monsters. Cool. Ten hours in, oh, I'm in the future now. No, you were in a game at the start. 25 hours in? You're like, okay, I can travel between worlds now. (laughs) And I've got a demon to kill? Cool. Mm. Killed him. Great. 30 hours in. Devil Summoner as well. Still going. Oh, yeah, the Apocalypse ones and Devil Summoner and stuff like that. I'm basically... The reason I bought the 2DS to fix up was to see if I could do it, one, and also because I do want to play... um, You know they did Strange Journey? They you, Strange Journey was a was a DS uh, DS Shin Megami Tensei game, and they did a remaster on the 3DS and 2DS. Mm. So that's my next one because I never the copy like to buy a copy of the DS version of Shin Megami Tensei. Um, Strange Journey is like 40, 50 quid, and for twelve pound I can get the 2DS and then just hack it and play it. <laughs> I know, and it's not ideal, not ideal, but yeah, yeah. 
Ah, you done? No. Yeah, I'm done. This has been Critical Office episode 108. And where can they find you? Of course, they can find you on YouTube. Your Meadow Gaming still the most popular Meadow Gaming channel on YouTube, I guess. Yeah, until some 14 year old yeah, Lex yeah, channel. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. If you've heard playing of playing nothing you've heard but it. Minecraft. Oh god, can't wait! Can't wait! Oh, what do so kids much. play now? Do the kids play Fortnite now? Don't Fortnite. They? Yeah, Apex Fortnite, Legends, PUBG, PUBG Mobile. Yeah, Apex Legends. Yeah, yeah. Clash of Clans. Clash of Clans. Um, and you can also freaking WB Supercard with its new sixty frames per second mode. Boom. Is that? Do you have sixty frames per second on your phone? Yeah, yeah it runs mm-hmm. sixty foots. It's pretty, pretty swish on every menu. Nice. Yeah, even the ones that take time to load. It's everything. Sixty foots. Sixty foots. There you go, mm. guys. Get on there. And you're also found on Twitter as LV54 Space Monkey. What's happening on Twitter? Anything interesting? Racism, mostly. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Okay, and you can find me. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. I'm at Critapocalypse, and I'm also on YouTube, at Critapocalypse. Um, I don't really do much on YouTube, um, but there you go. Okay. Why have you mentioned it? Because yeah. I fucking love YouTube. I love you guys. YouTube. YouTube. This is a YouTube song. Yeah. Yo, 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 YouTube, ya. Yeah. Bye. All right, uh, yeah, Trump Fox Kids, goodbye. Oh, two hours, fuck.